blank check. Cracking listeners, hoping all is well as we welcome everyone to an all-new edition of the Film Effect Podcast, where we give movies the full effect deep dive for the Film Effect Archive. In case you missed our vamp episode from last October, and judging by the numbers you have, we were joined by Kevin Aaron from their show, The Podcast That Wouldn't Die, and as fate would have it, since it was such a magical time having the two of them on to cover such a mindlessly stupid film. We managed to get them back onto the podcast to cover yet another mindlessly stupid film. That being said, I'm Ed. I'm Kevin. And I'm Aaron. And this is Disney's Blank Check. From Walt Disney Pictures. Blank Check. How fast could you spend one million dollars? I'm gonna go buy some stuff. Not too shabby. Let's go for the monkey. Disney's Blank Check. How could you spend a million dollars in six days? Rated PG. Starts Friday, February 11th. In Blank Check, a young boy inadvertently gains possession of a check for a million dollars after a bike accident and proceeds to spend it, unaware that the gangsters it belongs to are in pursuit. 
Yes, them gangsters sure are after that young kid in this film. But before we talk about all that, we need to formally welcome back our good friends, both Kevin and Aaron from their podcast show, The Podcast That Wouldn't Die. How have you two been? Doing well. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thanks I'm for fine. being on here. Recently obsessed with Eurovision. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's about it. And and forcing other people to listen. I'm like, have you heard this song? <laughs> it's mostly ridiculous, but there are a couple good songs. But mostly ridiculous. it's ridiculous. Uh, when did it end, by the way? Oh, you it said, ended. You said it was over. Saturday. When did it end? Okay, so it was last week. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, well, I'm... Um, I wanted this to be an all-out fun time, so I went with two films that I thought we could definitely have a good time breaking down. Not only because of their over-the-top plots, but because they're just two films that have recently come across my desk recently for different reasons, both. And I just had to talk about them, so this is a one-for-us episode. Both films that it came down to, oddly enough, both star Brian Bonsall. The first film was Mikey... 1992 horror thriller with Bonsall as the titular character who has a tendency to get bored with his foster Wait a parents. Wait the movie's name is Mikey? It's called Mikey. I almost picked that. Like the kid who wouldn't eat cereal? Mikey likes it. Exactly. Just he like won't him. eat it. He hates everything, including his family. Kills his family. <laughs> siblings too. That's the basic plot. And then today's film, of course, 1994's Blank Check, directed by Rupert Wainwright. Also, the director of MC Hammer's Can't Touch This Video, as well as the <laughs> often remembered horror film Stigmata. And the Ooh, I like Stigmata. Stigmata's good. And I like MC Hammer. And the 2005 <laughs> Fog remake, which is by far the worst remake I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, we got a little bit of both worlds of this guy. But yeah, before we talk about the actual film at bay, let's uh, talk first-time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that... You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my first, it's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So uh, for not? me, I saw this in the theater. I'm showing my age here. This came out in '94. I was at the brisk age of 10 years old. Might have been nine. And I remember seeing it with neighborhood friend of mine, Justin Rockle, and his mom, who's no longer with us. Rest Aww. in peace, Miss Terry. But you but always yeah. have blank check. Blank check, exactly. We always have memories of seeing this in the theater. I always want to see all the Disney films with her and her son, Justin, around that time. But yeah, this was one of them. Just lumped in a bunch of other Disney films from that time. How about you guys? I'm assuming this was your first time? I remember this movie being in theaters. <laughs> uh, I had no desire to see. I mean, I was, let's see, 94. I was probably knocking on the door of 19. Okay. So <laughs> not the target audience. No. You might argue. Not at all. Are you Ed's daddy? But I remember him from Family Ties. Do you guys remember him from yeah, Family Ties? I do, actually. It's funny that he leaped to stardom. Like, he's the, the headliner of these movies. So, good on him. Because I I want to say he did... I think he did a... It wasn't Tower of Terror. He did a director uh, Disney Channel. One of, them, one of them films that were directed TV that was based on one of the rides from the theme park. I want to okay. say it was him and... 
I can't remember who it wasn't. It was Steve Gutenberg. Well, Steve it's Gutenberg Steve was Tower Gutenberg. of yeah. Tower of Terror, and that was Kirsten Dunst. I remember that. I I kept wanting Shit, to go to that. I didn't film even also. know they made a movie about Tower of Terror. They did, unfortunately. I thought that was a Towering Inferno, not so much. No, 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 no. <laughs> if only. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, he did a film called <laughs> Father and Scout with. Bob Saget, that's what it was. Not quite oh, Disney, but still, he did a film with Bob Disney Saget. Disney adjacent. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, he's apparently in a rock band, doing drugs, living that hardcore life. That's what happens, man. Tortured child actor. Exactly. Exactly. Living the hard life. Was, so. was he hanging out with the two Corys? I guess they might have been a little... Too old for him. Well, now he's hanging out with one. The one Corey. The yeah. one Corey. <laughs> so. wah, wah. Oh. Rip. I watched it for the first time on Mother's Day afternoon, Ooh. this Sunday, going, I've never heard of this movie in my life. And then as I tried to tear my own eyes out, I knew <laughs> why. You never even heard of this movie? You never even no. heard of this shit. Come on. Okay. Well, all right, well, before we talk about the film, then, let's do our live top five. Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Hey. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, off of Nevermind. Oh, no, Rob, that's not obvious enough. Not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a... Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though and not on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is Radiation Ruling Top me. five favorite Disney 90s live-action films. Yeah, that sounds good. Um... This was hard, by the way. I, I was, you know what? <laughs> this is another one of me showing my age because I'm like, I'm really curious as to can do the do you guys even have a, a constructive top five to go off of with this? I had to go in the idea of Disney owns these companies. Okay, but we had if this you conversation, want, Kevin, remember? Yeah. Right. That's so, against the rules, Aaron. That's but okay. What I, we'll let it, what I'll let it could slide. do is I do have some kid movies on the list. That works. How Mix about that? Up. Do you want me, want me to keep it to kid movies in the greater, you know, not necessarily a high, Harvey Weinstein production? No, 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 no. Just keep it the way you have it. Seriously. It's, it's all uh, good. It's, it's, I'm, I have I'm curious. like 15 because at first I was like, they only made garbage in the 90s. Well, Buena Vista <laughs> had, like, Touchstone. They had Hollywood. Yeah. They had a bunch yep. of different sub-genre or subdivisions. If it's the Sphinx, it stinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, for me, uh, I, I just, like I said, showing my age here, a bunch of honorable mentions. Tom and Hawk, Honey Blew Up the Kid, Cool Runnings, The Santa Claus, Angels in the Outfield, all films that I remember seeing when I was younger and liking, haven't seen them in recent memory. So, in no particular order. But, my number five, Man of the House, Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. A film that I remember seeing as a kid and I remember thinking to myself, this is kind of not really a kid's movie. 
It really, it's it's kind of got a plot that involves human trafficking, wit witness <laughs> like just going after like witnesses and stuff, and yeah. it's just it goes a lot deeper than what uh, the mouse wants you to think. So yeah, number five for me is Man of the House. Okay, my number five, <laughs> and this was let me say again, this was Russ Sledden. I texted Ed early. I'm like, can we do Touchstone and Holly? He's like, no, no, no. So my number five is the Robin Williams classic Jack, where uh, Robin Williams is Robin Williams, but he's what is he? He's he's really a first grader or he, something. Um, he's got a, a disease where he like ages. Is he Benjamin Button? No, it's he's like not Lashiria. Benjamin Button. He's not Simon Birch. He's Jack. <laughs> He's Jack. Birch is now. Poor Simon Birch getting thrown out of the fire. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Little... No, what I'm trying to think of what the hell it was. Um It's 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 basically yes, he He's got okay, rapidly. I got. It. He's got Werner syndrome. A, f What's a that? form of progeria. Cuz progeria is no laughing matter. That's but a real thing. Was, but you just get real hairy. And yes. you take cocaine. That's his disease. I just see here, <laughs> oh, he plays oh, the role of Jack Powell, a boy who ages four times faster than normal as a result oh, of much, Warner Syndrome. Much, much faster than four times. If he's in first grade and he's 50-year-old, <laughs> he's 50 <laughs> years old. Come on. <laughs> Am I crazy? Francis Ford Coppola directed. He this? directed it, and it was also co-written by the guy who did the the Purge films, James <laughs> the Purge dude. Yeah. Oh God. Talk but about think, a match uh, made in heaven. And Fran Drescher's in this one. If Fran Drescher's in it, Jennifer Lopez, Diane Lane, Jennifer Lopez. I've Bill never Cosby. seen this movie, and it sounds Sir Bill Cosby. It sounds Bill depressing. Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yeah. What to win? Doctor Cosby, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's light and fun until he like drops dead in the third act of old age. If oh I remember, God, this is it sounds horribly. Depressing. Yeah, I remember watching it one time when it first came out on video, and I remember the end with the scene you're talking about, and I was just like, this it was this it was just weird at me at that age seeing Robin Williams like really old and dying. Like it was just the plots. I don't know that movie's out there. So I I saw it one time, and it's my number five. There you go. So there you go. All right, Aaron. Well, I also put cool runnings, but uh, I did have kids at the house at that time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out like a kid like on constant rotation at my house, and that would be Halloween Town. A film that's I've never even I, heard of. This no, movie. I know what Halloween Town is. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, I believe, is Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, she's How like, far back are she's we like really old. Yeah. This I've never seen it. It's 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 actually a popular. I think they have like two or three of the films. Too. Yes, They're and really I can't popular. even remember. It was on a constant loop that and, yeah. on, and the Ernest films and anything with Mary Kate and uh, it was like late, it was like the late nineties. Um, it's it's not quite hocus pocus popular, but it was still pretty popular, and still is. Still actually. is. So yeah, and that's a Disney live action. So good on you. It is. Boom. It was the only one that was actually Disney. The rest of them are, are like you said, hocus pocus and right. stuff. <clears throat> All right, number... Disney adjacent. All right, Rocket Man from 1997, I think. Harlan With Williams. Harlan Williams. Harlan yep. Williams. Yeah, I've seen it once. 
I liked it. It made me laugh. I saw it when I was in middle school. So, sure. Number four for me is Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man. I was just thinking like, this. I, the song's in my head too. I know. So I guess again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it might have been more interesting if it was in fact Little Elton John rocketing to stardom. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead it's the, it's the great Holland Williams classic, Rocket Man, where I think him and a monkey go to space together. And his, right, his... I remember he's farting at the press conference. For yeah, that... and then there's yeah. like a sequence where like his suit gets like really expands like really big and then plump, and for some reason, I think that actually made the cover box. That's like the cover art is him in that sequence. I think you're right. Yeah. So yeah, hell with it. Number four, Rocket Man. <laughs> I'm standing by it. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, Keep it up. Number, number three. <laughs> my number four is the Tim Allen classic, The Santa Claus, the movie where Tim Tim Allen accidentally murders Santa Yeek. in the first ten minutes. He commits of the movie. manslaughter. <laughs> You're right. It was it was an accident. There was no harmful intent. After a no, after a Christmas Eve dinner at Denny's, as one does. Of course. Uh, and again, a kid's movie where Santa's killed at the beginning of the movie. And Tim Allen has to assume the duties of Santa Claus. And I remember very little about this, except at one point he calls the head, the head elf Barabbas. I thought that was very funny. Other than <laughs> that, I don't really remember it. That's my number four. I yeah, mean, I, I remember it. I just remember that everyone must have hated the old Santa because they couldn't give a fuck that he was dead. <laughs> I'm like, look That's to your true. future, Tim Allen. Yeah, I just remember seeing that in the movies as well. Actually, Corey, I saw it with him and his family when it first came out at one of them Malston Aplexes here. Yeah. All right, uh, Aaron. Muppet Christmas Carol. There are humans in it. Yeah, Michael Caine is one of them. Michael Caine, yeah. Michael he is, in fact, a human. So I'm yes. calling that live action. An all-time classic, and my and I saw it the first time this Christmas. Because my mom oh. was always telling me we have like two British brother-in-laws about how it's super popular in the UK. It's like the thing to watch at Christmas time. It's all right. I believe it. You know, and I love Michael Caine. Michael Caine is great, but for literally 40 years of his career, if you wrote him a check, he'd be in any goddamn movie you wanted. He'll be in The Swarm. He'll be in Jaws the Rio, Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. He does not give a damn. But then he did The Dark Knight. <laughs> he did. That's well, he great. did Batman Begins first. That's right. We don't, rules. we don't think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right, number three, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I genuinely like Hocus Pocus. Like, I, yes. I, I enjoy watching that film every Halloween season. Um, I still haven't watched the second one, though, but something tells me that's for the better. It's for the better. Go watch Halloween Town or Double Double. Yeah, Boil yeah, I think I'll do that. The Olsons. Because I listened to uh, Postmortem, uh, Mick Garris' podcast, and yeah, he directed... Of course, or he, or he did he he wrote no he direct did he direct Hocus Pocus or just write it? Because he he talks Hello. about the show quite or he talks about the film on his podcast quite often. That's why I'm bringing yes. him up because of like royalties and everything. And apparently, uh, his uh, royalties for part two aren't very well aren't very good. And that's kind of he he just brought that up recently because of the strike. 
So. Oh, right. Right, right, right. I have to say, it's like, I remember Hocus Pocus, but I was at an age where I just wasn't seeing Hocus Pocus. Son of a bitch, know- you have, like, children, you know? I don't know if you know that. <laughs> you have children. They don't watch this stuff? <laughs> I do. I do. That's right. I have not fled to Florida. I, I live with them. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I actually, right this very minute, in fact, have a Hocus Pocus costume. Whoever the hell the green witch was, I have the green costume. Isn't that Bette Midler? Maybe. I think so. <laughs> I got it. At, okay, I, I did get it at a state sale for $3, but it is an awesome costume. Because that was another oh, one. I saw it in the theaters and then it kind of just went away from out of my life for yeah, like, right. a decade or so. And then all of a sudden, like, it came back and people were talking about it. And I finally sat down and watched it and i was just like oh yeah this is pretty good oh no i teach high school Th- they want to yeah. watch it right now Every oh yeah old is new again oh so yeah they, they love, love it. it so i mean and i always say this kathy to jimmy went to my alma mater san diego state so there you go good there time. you go it's like you're nice. related it's like it's you like we're related divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Let All me right. see. What's what, my number three? Is not Rocket Man. It's the Rocketeer. Okay. So, oh, I might have the, actually seen that one. I've never seen the Rocketeer. <laughs> I saw it recently during the pandemic because we got <laughs> okay. Disney Plus and we were just uh, we were knocking things out. It was just on a loop. It was. So, but you got Bill Campbell, not Bruce. Right, right. You got Timothy Dalton. You got Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Oh yeah. It's. It's really not bad. Yeah, I keep hearing that about the film. That's that's another one that's kind of like came back recently that, that people are talking about that like it's kind of like the film after 30 years or so has caught it second wind, you know? Right. And people are just talking about it as much as, you know, there, there's of course with that is talks of a sequel after all this time and, you know, I'm sure it's a good movie. I just have never gotten around to it, so... I'm not I against it. I just maybe one day I'll watch it finally. But yeah, good one though. All right, Aaron, Thank three. You. All right. Well, one of mine is actually your honorable mention, and the only reason I'm bringing it up because otherwise you're going to be looking at things that have are totally not child related left on my list. So we're gonna say cool runnings. Hey, Jamaican bobsled team. team. Everybody the only fun loves thing you remember that. from that movie. Yeah. That's all I remember. Hijinks. <laughs> People from John Candy. John Candy, yeah. exactly. John Candy, Dougie Doug, uh, Leon. Leon. Absolutely. Who else? That was it. Is it. Those are the two guys you remember from the teams. Is uh, Dougie <laughs> Doug and Leon. Because Leon was it. in fucking Cliffhanger later on that year. Absolutely. Cla- I mean, Leon has actually been in a few things. He was in Above the Rim. Yeah, I was going to say Above the Rim. I forgot about that one. Well, and the guy who played Yul Brenna, he went on to be on uh, New York Undercover. Oh, that's right. That's right. That time. That's right. That's funny. I remember him, man. Yeah. Maybe I should go back and rewatch that on Disney+. Plus it's fun for the whole family. Number two for me is D2, the Muddy Ducks are back. I legit enjoy this film. It's the, In fact, it's the only Muddy Ducks film I like. Yeah, this is a, a total nostalgia driven film I admit when I go back to it I really have always enjoyed since the first time I saw it in theaters 
that kind of like opening sequence where you get the team back and they're all rollerblading through the Mall of America. It's just cool shit. Then they all go to the Olympics. Then they get Keenan Thompson on the team and he's got the knuckle puck. Oh man, D2 is my jam. Yeah, D2, number two. That's all I got. Now, how many did they make? Three. Do you, Plus a TV three? show that's currently on right now that Emilio was only on the first season. And apparently, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if he wanted more money. Or... No, it was vaccine. He, he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, okay. What? That's yep. why he dropped out of the show and he got replaced. Yep. Not his character, Ooh. but like another lead actor. So I well, haven't watched they, the did show. Did they replace him? Oh, okay. That's the question. Is... And frankly, what's Emilio up to these days? I mean, for God's he's sake, kinda, He's been on TV, and I've, I've seen him a lot. I've seen Emilio's face when, when, like, he was on Today a couple days ago. Oh, really? He's promoting this movie that he, that he, it's weird. So he has Is it about movie. anti-vaxxing? No. <laughs> it's it's kind of, a, it's about him and his father on a fucking cross-country road trip together. It's called The Way. And oh, that's old. It came out like back in 2011, but now all of a sudden it's getting released in theaters and they're pushing it, or it's getting, it's getting re-released rather, but they're pushing it like it's a movie that like he started back in 2010 and never finished it or some, I don't know. I, I forgot how he phrased it, but yeah, it's been making the rounds limited release and he's been promoting it a lot. They're re-releasing it. That, it's that's a re-release. Old. Yeah, because yeah, that's been out. I was going to say, yeah, because when I first saw the, because a couple weeks ago, I saw an advertisement for it on my Facebook. They popped, it was just a random ad for it. And it was a preview. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, wait a minute. I knew this, this is movie. But he goes on the solo, the solo hiking. Yeah, because like Emilio's character like, like died journey. in like a war or something. So like oh, he's shit. only in the film in like flashback form. That's I've never heard is. of this movie in my life. So that's why I've seen Emilio Estevez's face on my TV. Like a lot lately, I've been like, Emilio! The and and Emilio, I swear to God. He, he, Emilio's somebody I enjoyed in the 80s, but I swear, like like Gutenberg, when the 90s struck, it was like they were nowhere to be found. We just talked there. about this on our Mission Impossible episode because he's in that movie for like the first five, ten minutes, and then like, yes. he goes. Like, he's in the film, and I remember seeing it in theaters, and I was like, oh, cool, Emilio's back in play. Ten minutes into the movie. Oh, shit, Emilio's out. There he went. Thank you for your <laughs> fucking time, Emilio Estevez. What Thank the you for fuck your service, Mr. Estevez. Christ, 25, 30 years later, I'm still questioning that scene. And ugh. Anyway, Emilio. Very upsetting. Number two, D2. Uh, my, my number two actually deals with a different Estevez brother, Ooh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie. We're talking about the Three Musketeers. Mm. <laughs> Starring Charlie, you had Kiefer, Kiefer. Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Platt, Oliver Platt uh, Rebecca De Mornay, yeah. you had uh, Tim Curry. It's an all-star cast. I, again, another one that I dusted off during the pandemic. That I hadn't seen in at least 30 years. Wait, I thought they, you would, so you would like the, the Richard Chamberlain one. Who were the four Three Musketeers again? So D'Artagnan. Was, was, uh, no, 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 not, not, not in the story form. So Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. Who else? Oliver Platt. No, no, no. Who was the other one? Chris uh, O'Donnell was our Chris D'Artagnan. O'Donnell. Yes. And Oliver Platt. Yep. Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland. 
One and of who these played, things uh, are Richelieu. not like the other. <laughs> Richelieu was uh, Tim Curry. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, it's funny because Charlie Sheen plays Aramis, who's like the very spiritual, religious. Right. Yeah. So that's the best acting he's ever done. Because that ain't Charlie. This ain't Tiger Blood we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, right. Good work oh on you, Charlie. Oh, my God. I forgot Tiger Blood. I got to start looking that in. How could you forget Tiger Blood? Or I, I need to start using it more. I'm using it tomorrow. Mark my words. I'm, I'm on one drug, and its name is Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fever, and the only prescription is more Charlie yeah. Sheen. <laughs> Winning. Winning. Uh, Winning. Oh, good times. Hell yeah. 2011 <laughs> Charlie Sheen was the best. He was dynamite. <laughs> oh. oh, man. We're all going to hell. Yes, we are. Charlie will be there to greet us. <laughs> yes, he He'll will. Be- all right, but before we go to hell, Aaron, what's your number two? I'm going to say this before someone else says it. It's really my number one, but I'm throwing it out there just in case. And that is, of course, Captain Ron. What? Is it a placeholder for number one? What is this? <laughs> what the hell what that was that? Mean? Go back. I mean, I love I Captain s- Ron. It's but what really was that my for? number one, but I'm afraid if I hold on to it, somebody this else This is the will draft, say it. Aaron. <laughs> I know, Other right? people can say it. <laughs> no! Not to mention Captain Ron's a touchstone movie, and we're talking Disney over here. But we're, letting, only, we're giving I you only, a pass. I only have one Disney film, I think. I think everything. And let me just say that I also have Ed Wood and Green Card on my list. Green Card. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. Depardieu. Man. Andy so, McDowell. Andy McDowell, absolutely. Yeah. Gerard's in big trouble these days. He's not so uh, n- down with the no as yeah, a no. Yeah, that's about here. Mm. God, he must be yeah. 80 years old. What the hell's going he's, on in he's France? He's up there. Still assaulting people. <laughs> it's no longer my father the hero, that's for uh-huh. sure. Father <laughs> the hero, yeah. Who was the girl in my father the hero? Catherine was that Heigl. Heigl? It was Heigl. Yeah. Yep. It's like Good one of the grief. first films I saw her in. Early Heigl. Yeah, yeah. Shame, shame. I loved Arpardu back in the day. Back in the day. Right, where are we at now? Who's who's what? Wait, you. It's your turn, number one. Number Me? one. Number one. Una. Well, wait. She didn't even talk about Captain Ron. Oh, oh Captain shit, Ron. Just... I mean, Captain Ron shit. fucking rules. Fucking Captain Ron is one of the greatest films of all time. The most yes. iconic scene is where he's uh, appears to you be dead. You want a beer shop, you get your own. They're all, I think he's dead. And all of a sudden he yeah. comes up and moves his eye patch. The eye patch, yes. Yes. Iconic. Oh, Captain Ron. That movie. Uh, that was the best. One. I watched that movie so much growing up. All right. Good times. Number one. This is legit. I fucking love this movie. Heavyweights. Heavyweights is the best. You have Ben Stiller, like prime Ben Stiller. Uh, Judd Apatow wrote it. Um, you had, what's that director? Uh, the Bridesmaids director. Help me out. Peter. No. Paul Feig. Oh, okay. Paul Feig. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Schwartz, Ben Stiller, Tom McGowan. Well, uh, Jerry Stiller actually is in it as well, I think. 
I yeah, do Wesley. enjoy a little Jerry Stiller, but Jerry I will Stiller tell you, I have never heard of this fucking movie in my You've life. You've never when heard you, of Heavyweights. When you said Heavyweights and named some names, I thought you were just talking about the the acting. Oh, the oh God. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I had no fucking idea what you were talking about. There's nothing better. as good as anybody. Take them down, Kathy. Than being yourself. from the creator of the Mighty Ducks, rated PG. Starts Friday, February 17th. No, it's a fa- it's about a fat camp. And yes. and Ben Stiller is like this fitness guy called Tony Perkins and he comes in and buys the camp Tony from Jerry's. Perkins. His fucking name is Tony Perkins. <laughs> and his real life parents, Anna Mara and um, Jerry Stiller, Jerry play Stiller. The, the camp owners that he buys it from. This fat camp, and he turns into like this like prison, and he makes them all like wake up extra early and work out and shit. And like it's it's hilarious. And the kids like just try and take over the camp. I mean, it's got Keenan Thompson, it's got Sean Wise, it's got Goldberg from he- from the Money Ducks films. And it's got a uh, Jeffrey Tambor is one of the, the parents. It's great. Yeah, uh, Tim Blake Nelson's in it. It's got a, a, okay. a bunch of people are in this movie. Peter Berg plays a, a smoking chef. Yeah, Heavyweights is like. I'm surprised you guys have not heard of this movie, especially I, like I've heard of it. It's kind of one I of those films that have come back around that people have been talking about, sort of. But you should definitely check it out. It's got a lot of hilarious stuff that still holds up to this day. Uh, Heavyweights is a movie I love revisiting every like couple years. Every couple of years, oh, you gotta dust that DVD I, off. You can do a double bill. Off. A double bill with Fatso. We gotta re- resurrect Fatso. Yeah, you couldn't make those movies. Today. I don't. No, no, no. You could. Well, and you feel bad for like the kids who are forced to. <laughs> Where we're looking for fat kids for this movie. All fat kids, side, you know, the line forms to the left. It's like, how do they feel about their lives? Good grief. Oh. Very upsetting. Oh, that's my number one. <laughs> my number one was previously mentioned. It is Cool Runnings. Ah. With with Leon and Dougie Doug and, and, the, <laughs> and Yule Brenner and then the fourth guy. <laughs> the fourth who I don't guy. remember. Fourth guy. And all the rest. Uh... No, it's it is fun. I mean, sports movies are generally fun anyway. But it's, but I I think I read something about how the story they kind of change the story a little bit to make it make a little more sense and make it a little more linear. Um, so it's not a it's not a documentary, but it's fun nonetheless. It's not part of the Disney documentary umbrella. <laughs> it's, it's not the uh, National Geographic, no, right? <laughs> Discovery Science. Yeah, right. Oh shit. All it's right. fun. Aaron. I don't even know if this is a touch tone. But but uh Ed Wood! Ed Wood came Ed out Wood the Touchdown. Hell yeah. One of the greatest films that Tim Burton ever and Johnny Depp did before Absolutely. they both went off the rail. And and as far as I'm concerned, destroyed their careers. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. I agree with that. Stipulated. It is. It would absolutely great film. It, it's unpredictable. It's funny. It's sad. It is everything. The movie is everything. Hell of a cast. Hell of a cast. Hell of a cast. 
I, I mean, I'm still to this day jealous of that cast. Was a genius. Johnny Depp was a genius. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Martin Landau. Martin, La I think he won an Academy Award. Yeah, absolutely. Did. He did. He beat Samuel L. Jackson for Pulp Fiction Ooh. to get the uh, Best Supporting Actor. Damn. I know. That says something. That says something. That says something because that that tore up Hollywood. Yeah, I think mm. Martin Landau was Bella Lugosi. Oh, he's dynamite! Oh, my oh. God. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Perfect casting. Perfect. So. Absolutely. It was one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> Alright, so we start the film with the opening credits on a dark, stormy night. We got Robocops, Miguel Ferrer making a run for it. Runs into this abandoned building along the train tracks and finds a million dollars that he had stashed. This dude even somehow finds a blowtorch and face shield to retrieve this money that he somehow had to hide to the point that he needed to weld this thing closed. Like, I was impressed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got a blowtorch now. Where the fuck that, that come handy. from? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't fashion one out of, like, spare parts. It was just magically it's in his hand. He's like, blowtorch, face shield, got it. He's covered. So he gets the money, and then we cut to young Preston Waters, 11-year-old Preston, played by Brian Bronsell from Growing Pains. No. Family Ties. Yeah, family Ties. That's what it was. Family Ties. Leo was Growing Pains. Leo was on Growing Pains. Leo was Growing Pains. <laughs> Different career paths for those Yeah, pastors. exactly. Very upsetting. Working up the courage to stand up to his father about keeping his room from his two brothers, and he's doing it all to this fish. And these brothers that, I don't know, they had this business called Hand and Foot. Like, what exactly do they do? What is their success rate? It's it's just this whole, like, a lot of things are going on right now. Like, he's, you, yes. we have Brian talking to the fish, cut to, we're moving in. Two brothers, and then the dad comes in, surprising him with a computer. He's trying to confront his father. Dad's got this big-ass fucking desktop computer. He's lugging in there. And he's giving his son the same spiel about working and earning a living for himself. And he's an 11-year-old kid, mind you. Yes. And he's, he gives the brothers, like like I said, this brand-new computer. And, and his room. Yeah. In, his, in, in Preston's room. So now he no longer has his own room. It's now his room slash the CEO office to head and foot. And <laughs> so his dad plugs the computer in. And did I hear him correctly? Did he say the software will teach them how to do everything except how to make love to a woman? Uh, surprise. Whoa, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, it's for your business. Give me a spare at the office. Damien, the speakers are out in the hall. Uh, how's it work? Well, it, uh... Imitates human intelligence, like you guys. Hey, Preston, maybe you could teach your brothers how to use it. Not possible. Well, don't worry, boys. Software in here will teach you how to do everything but make love to a woman. Mm, now I know what program to get your father for Christmas. Oh. He did say that. And then the mother responds with, now I know what to get your father for Christmas. Oh, like, well, well. <laughs> clearly, Mr. Waters wasn't satisfied, Mrs. Waters, enough. So This is a kid's movie, by the way. Yeah, a Disney film, no less. <laughs> he programs Preston... This did get a chuckle out of me. He uh, programs the computer to make it speak 
Damien and Ralph sleep butt to face, butt to face, and they're like, "What is that? What is that?" And they just turn, they just fucking unplug the whole computer and they punch him. They do this thing where he punches him and he's like, "Don't rub it. Be a man." Damien and Ralph sleep butt to face, butt to face, butt huh? to face. Who said butt that? Butt to face. Type quit. Butt to face. Hit delete. To face. Turn it butt off. To face. Butt Pull the to plug, face. Man. Don't rub it. Be a man. <laughs> so is that something you guys used to do to one another? Punch each other and say, don't rub it. Be a man. All the time. It's just good family fun. Kevin's the middle child. Do. So either he'd be punching a, a very small child or he'd be punching his brother who towered over him. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard. Hard to do. Uh, so then we cut to Cliffside Fun Park for this kid Butch, his birthday party, a.k.a. Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, down in San Antonio. That's this entire film was filmed down there in the San Antonio. Southern Texas, primarily, is where they filmed this, for those of you in the know. Um, so so why, why did he attend Butch's birthday? I don't, Butch so clearly hates his guts. I, I don't know. I, 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 had, I was asking myself that question along with why is this kid's father so anal about money he literally gives him six dollars to ride the kid he rides meanwhile all the other kids are like you know give me 50 it's my birthday which is ridiculous no one (laughs) no one would have done that back in the day like here's a handful of 20s take yourself to the amusement park yeah, I, I don't know. Like I the, the notes that I put down here, uh, Butch's parents even shelled out for his own banner in front of the park for his birthday. Because you see this big-ass happy birthday. Yes! The happy birthday Butch banner across the entrance. I'm like, damn, someone's rich. Um, Did they rent the whole park? I mean, what the hell is I don't, going I don't, on? Exactly. And, and what's with this token system at the amusement park anyway? Like, are there any parks out there in California that have the pay-per-ride motif like, not I, since I, I, I was here, like a child just, and it was Disneyland but that would have been just like when I was really little like 70 years ago shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah I don't know back in the day when I was going to kids birthday parties in school like I was under the impression it was paid for Hence, right. I wouldn't have to bring six dollars to get tokens I should go and all the kids should have you know the rides paid for they should have the park if it's rented out, which the big ass banner in the front leads us to believe. Then, right. what's the, the need to get tokens anyway? I don't know. Movie's gonna movie, I guess. I right. mean, it doesn't make any sense considering it looked just like the uh, the amusement park from Nope, and we know what's gonna happen to all those damn <laughs> yeah. kids. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, the other two notes I had is why is Preston even here? He's clearly not a friend of Butch's. And then, um, I see Preston still had enough money to get himself cotton candy. Yeah. Well, he's like riding the teacups by himself. Teacups. He's on the fucking Ferris wheel. The, the, the Ferris wheel or merry-go-round or whatever. Because they're all running around the ride with them saying, cool ostrich. So we cut back to him, talk Preston at home, talking to his parents about money. What in the actual fuck is his father's deal with being such a cheapskate? Like, the, the, the grandmother apparently sends him a check and forgets to fill it out. 
And he's like, what did he get? What did she give you last year? Like, $10. And he's like, 10. He goes to write down 10. And he's like, what about interest? So he puts down 11. So couldn't they call grandma? I mean, what the fuck? I, I call her and say, what, how, what did you intend for this? Instead of just like trying to, that's a long distance it. call, sir. I guess. I don't know. I kind of, I was thinking like maybe you sh- should have had that check before you went to the theme park. I thought you that would, was you would have had seventeen dollars. <laughs> yeah, it kind of leads you to believe that at first because it's like, oh, a blank check, wink, wink. But no, gotta wait for that. What are the odds of this kid getting two blank checks in the same movie? So what are the odds he grows up to be like Bernie Madoff? Maybe this is how it all starts. <laughs> So his parents are played by James Rebhorn and Jane Atkinson. Now James Rebhorn, Rebhorn, however you pronounce it. Um, I noticed him right off the bat from Independence Day. He was like the Secretary of State. Yeah, Yeah. Colito's way. My cousin Vinny. Meet the Parents is probably the biggest role I remember him from. Jane Atkinson, not so much. I know she was on Walking Dead towards the later seasons. Um... What was that show that I saw? Was she on House of Cards? House of Cards is the show I was just thinking about. That's what she was on. Love House of Cards. That was a good show. Until the uh, the last two or three seasons, it went. When they had to get rid of Spacek. Even before Spacey came out, I felt like the last couple seasons, like the season before all the allegations came out, definitely was a snooze for me. Like, I'd say after, I'd say the show, like, was red hot for the first four Three or four seasons, definitely after part after season four is when it started to kind of go downhill for me. They keep well, stretching he... it too long. I mean, it, yeah. it should have ended the way the original series ended. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like he goes from being kind of a run-of-the-mill crooked politician to like a psychopath. <laughs> He's like tossing somebody onto the train tracks. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, it got, got kind of nuts. Like he was just killing everybody off in his path towards the end of the show. Yeah. I literally remember, you know, my senators, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Kevin McCarthy coming on, being interviewed about House of Cards and commenting how things would be so much easier in Congress if they could just do what goes on in House of Cards. <laughs> you just toss right. people on the train tracks. Good uh, times. I'm sure Shut probably that off. was the scandal he was fighting off when he was getting voted <laughs> on this time. Right. Not another one, Kevin. <laughs> so Preston takes this $11 check upstairs to his computer and he projects that it's going to take what's it, 342,506 years to reach a, bil- a-, a million dollars in interest. So now that's not happening. Uh, he goes to the bank to cash his check. And this is when we see Miguel Ferrer's car quickly confronting the bank manager and his former partner who pointed them, who apparently pointed them out in court, gave him up. So oh, right. he sees him and his name is Biederman. And he comes to him about that million dollars that he, he found conveniently stashed away on that rainy night. And he knows that it's marked with FBI marks, so he wants it laundered. And give it to him, turned around in 24 hours. And he says he's just going to have his associate, Juice, come pick the money up. You don't look happy to see me. Quick, Quigley. Quigley. 
That's funny, I don't remember you stuttering on the witness stand. You just sang like a bird, didn't you? Well, I had no choice, Carl. I've been lying in court. You also pointed at me. That hurt. Well, I was under oath. How did Come here. The only reason you're alive, Biederman, is I knew I might need you again someday. Like today. Oh, sure. You need a loan? Rents are great now. And you get a toaster? I don't need a toaster. Before I went away, I settled in nest day. These pills, they mark consecutively. They trace these in a minute. That's right. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's where you come in, old buddy. I want new bills. We're back in the SNL business, Biederman. Oh, oh, money, money laundering is very difficult these days, Cole. You still do it, though, don't you? That's a good-looking family right there. You're not going to hurt them, are you? Hate to have to. All right. How do you want to do this? I'll send my guy in tomorrow with a check for tomorrow? a million. Yep, tomorrow, just like the old days. You give him the cash, unmarked, send him on his way. Whom should I expect? <laughs> Whom should you expect? His name is Juice. Juice. Mm. He'll be here in exactly uh, 24 hours. Let's call it 1 o'clock. Come on. Walk me out. Show me respect. Miguel Ferrer, I mentioned Robocop earlier, but he's another actor who, growing up, he was just a face that I would just see in so much. Absolutely. If he wasn't on episodes of Tales from the Crypt, he was also doing, um, what was that other Twin one? Twin Peaks. That- Twin Peaks, yes, thank you. He was also in uh, the, the Point of No Return, the remake. Yep. Uh, Hot Shots Part 2. Hot Shots Part 2, I was going to say that. Yeah, another <laughs> stakeout, another mindless sequel. Uh, Traffic is another one. Um, well, and his acting got better. In this movie, it was shaky. Uh, yeah, and some of yeah, those oh, other yeah. movies was shaky. But over time, he became a much better actor. Well, yeah. He's George Clooney's first cousin. He is. Rosemary Clooney's his mom. It's important to point that out. Yeah. It's also and Jose his, Ferrer's son. Absolutely. It's also important to point out that he was the vice president in Iron Man 3 before he <laughs> passed away. That was sad. He was a death that young. actually made me sad, you know, because he was just a guy that I saw so much of growing yeah. up, you know, mm-hmm. on television and in movies and stuff. So... Oh, yeah. He was that guy. I used to think he was a cutie patootie, too. <laughs> I mean, ah! it's Bob Morton from Robocop. That's right. You know? <laughs> um, so, meanwhile, Preston enters the bank and notices Duff walking in. Shay Stanley, played by Karen Duffy, the Duff yep. from MTV. She helps him at the desk, but Preston needs a minimum deposit of $200 to open up an account. So Duff, speaking of George Clooney, because apparently they're, in real life they're like best friends, Duff and uh, Clooney. But yeah, other than MTV, I remember her this year alone in 93, she was also in Dumb and Dumber. Yep. As a yeah. Partnered up to uh, Mike Starr, the hitman, and uh, Reality Bites. Cause she she tried. I mean, she she really tried both the the VJ thing, and then she yep. went branched off from that into acting, and then she had that. It, it was in the mid to late nineties. She came out. She had this disease. Um, you remember what it was, Kev? I I looked it up a little while ago. Let me see if I can find it here. Cause she, she- was really attractive. 
Oh, yeah. But not so solid with the acting. She was fine. <laughs> you know, no, she was right. fine. But, but she had that look that was perfect for the 90s. But she, she had she had neurosarcoidosis, okay. which is uh, her brain and spinal cord were affected, leaving her partially paralyzed. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because after that happened, like she just kind of like stopped and yeah. didn't really have much of a career. I mean, even to this day, like I don't hear from her. I mean, not personally, but like I don't hear all of her. <laughs> she doesn't like, call you know. me anymore. She doesn't, call. she doesn't write. Damn it, Duff! Why don't you call? You don't no, even text. She she had there was a moment there where she she was super foxy. She was a VJ. She she was up also a she was a spokesgirl for one of them, like Revlon or something. Revlon, yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. But yeah, like you were saying, like she was just on the up and up and then real life shit happened to her and, you know, it's mm. unfortunate, you know, because she was cool. I always liked Duff, you know, yeah. something I always enjoyed on MTV back in the day was the Rock and Jock softball games. Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? Absolutely. Rock and Jock. And she, I remember her MTV's Dan Cortez bunch of other yep. other ones from there all the vjs and some actors like my i'm sure the, I, I vaguely remember like marky mark being on there and shit absolutely like, they, those were good times it was just Not donnie Wahlberg. might have been one of the walls <laughs> one of the Wahlbergs were on there it was just a fun time i had just as much fun watching it as they i could tell they were having just playing it and then just it kind of quietly went away and it was sad so Anyway, back to this movie. Uh, leaving the bank, cool guy Butch steals Preston's check and chases him on his bike until he's nearly killed by Quigley as he's backing out of his parking spot. What the hell do you think you're doing? Uh, I... Huh? I saw the whole thing. I can be a witness. If the price is decent. Get out of here. He's perfectly all right. Aren't you? Aren't you? Yes. Good. Get that thing out from underneath my car. What about my bike? Kid, was I the one who parked there? Are you all right? He's fine. It was just a little accident. He's okay. I think this guy's been drinking vodka. I have not been drinking. <laughs> I don't drink at all. Seriously. Seriously. Kid, talk to me. How much you want for the bike? A thousand bucks. I'm not talking to you. Bye, kid. Go on, walk away. What do you want, kid? Name a figure. We'll discuss it. This to your dad, he'll know what to do with it. I can go. And then we get our big blank check moment. Yeah, he's freaking out at the sight of everyone swarming around asking what's going on. And Butch is not doing him any favors. He's like, I think this guy was drinking and shit. Like, he's just egging him <laughs> on. And all. He's like, Get the fuck away from your kid. Then the cop shows up and he's like, Oh, god, he's because. It's important to note that when he gave Biederman the million dollars, Biederman also gave him like pick pick up startup checks, like this little book right. for in case he needs something in the next day or so. Here, take this. So can't even get fucking five feet out of his parking spot and he needs it. And he whips out his check and starts writing it, sees the cop, and he's like, he signs it, doesn't write how much it's for, and he just gives him the check and says, here, give this to your dad. He'll know what to do with it and takes off. 
wait, he's an escaped fugitive like this on the work. lamb and he's writing his name on a check yeah and he's got, what but what how about this on? i didn't even think isn't that, that laundered if you just handed me a handful of checks why do i ever need to come back to you as far as the attorney why don't isn't that the laundered i can just write checks and buy a house and buy write checks for i mean this? technically yes but i don't know well, they said they work? said that the bills were sequential that he brought in, so he couldn't right. just spend them, or they they'd get them. And so yeah, because we see later on FBI. when the 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 realtor 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 when the realtor goes to cash the money that she gets, we see Duff. I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep calling Shade Duff about the fucking Absolutely. episode. Duff scans the bills and it says FBI because they're marked. Right. So. so what the f wait a minute these were supposed to be the laundered bills then true why were they <laughs> i don't know Biederman just do a shitty ass job Biederman just sucks at his job Biederman's just a terrible fucking launderer and bank manager he just sucks wait, at life was juice supposed to launder it and the attorney no. was just no. juice it? was just juice was the pickup guy he was just so there to pick up happened. the money and so it never cool. got laundered it was God, supposed to, but clearly it did. This shit makes less sense by the minute. Keep going. Tell me some other crazy bullshit. Tom at Disney. <laughs> did, did we say that Juice is Tone Loke, by the way? Tone oh, he, Loke. He got the funky. But we haven't got the juice Medina. yet. But we haven't got the juice yet. But we will get the juice soon, Sorry. momentarily. So parents, uh, Preston's parents, are bitching at him again. He was hit by a car. <laughs> His parents were like, "You need to be he more responsible." He almost died. Yet they look at it as. Hey, that bike was expensive, and now it's bent. That's you gonna right. pay for that? Money don't grow from trees. And he's just like, you know what I want? My life, my house, my rules. You know, he just, he, he, I don't know. New like, parents? New parents. I want someone to call CPS. That's, he says he tells me <laughs> he wants his own house of his own rules and his own money. And so he's grounded. And what do you do when you're alone with a brand new computer that no one else knows how to use in a blank check? Well, you're going to do porn, but on top porn. of that, maybe after the porn, you're going to find a way to manufacture a million dollar check to yourself. I'm assuming by using the appropriate space and print setting on the computer, question mark. I questioned that. It was perfectly lined up. It was perfectly I, right aligned. I cannot print Avery labels so it lines up. No, he but this it up. crazy kid on the crappy Apple image writer. He didn't. He okay. didn't even have like a. I, he didn't even test it with a piece of paper or something <laughs> like to make sure he had the appropriate spacing. Like he uh -huh. just said, "Fuck it. You only live once. I'm taking this one check and just." Rolling the I'm dice. A fucking printer I, genius. I, I literally wrote down why would he go right to one million? Is he nuts? Why? I mean, again, for him, five hundred bucks would be like the moon. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going yeah. for a million, a million dollars. That's that's. I, I remember my mom would give me a hundred dollars for my birthday every year, and I would look so fucking so as a kid. I would look so forward to that because on my Holy birthday. Holy shit! You know my mom gives me a hundred dollars right now. When, when I got those five twenties, <laughs> I knew I was a fucking millionaire. You know, I felt like one, so I get Whoa. it. You know. If I got one goddamn 20, I was fucking over the moon. Yeah. You're like, woo! Don't splurge it all in one place. <laughs> Exactly. See, a million dollars. That's what he comes to. Not a billion. Not a thousand. Thank goodness a million. For that. So, 
he goes to cash the check. And yeah, he goes in. The receptionist thinks that he's fucking with him. And she like takes him back to the back. She thinks he, she thinks he's fucking around. So she takes him to the bank manager anyway. So we got a comedian here. And she's fucking... She, We're going to go to the president of the corporation. I know, right? Right? <laughs> so he thinks it's juice naturally. Because he's like, juice? No, because he sees a check from uh, Quigley. It's it's for a million. And he's just like, juice? No, thanks. It's I'm not like thirsty. <laughs> and he doesn't... I don't know. He, he takes that as... A, a confirmation, I guess. I, I, that's another thing that like, always confused me watching this movie was, so you think he's juice, so you ask him juice, and he responds with, no thanks, I'm not thirsty. I, how is, I don't know, I, I would... I mean, he did have the check for the exact true. right amount you're right, signed you're by right. Quigley. So, I mean, I'm going to cut the... I guess, yeah, you're slack. right, you're right. And Quickly poor Michael Lerner, we just lost him recently, too. Oh, yeah. We're Michael losing Lerner. a lot of people from this fucking movie. Uh, Michael Lerner, man. Yeah. When I think of him, uh, one of the first things I think of is Barton Fink and Elf and uh, what was the other one? No Escape. You ever seen Strange No Escape? Invaders. I, yeah. I, I did. Was that Pierce Brosnan, No Escape? No, no escape. Ray no Liotta. escape was Ray Liotta. Oh, Ernie Hudson. Ray Liotta. Oh, yeah. Everything that touches turns to dust. Yeah. Dust in the wind. And um, Godzilla, because he was the Roger oh, Ebert stand-in. That movie's loud. That is the worst movie. <laughs> it's it's really bad. It's really fucking bad. But Horrible. He's in the film for a very specific reason. He's playing the mayor of New York City, but. He's like a Roger Ebert. Ro yeah, he's an Ebes lookalike because <laughs> Ebert, man, just destroyed Independence Day on his show and he didn't yep. like that. So that was his like little fuck you back was I'm going to cast a guy who looks like you and make him eat a lot of candy because you know what? You like candy too. That'll learn you good. That's good. Got you good, <laughs> fucker. Oh yeah, Maniac Cop too. Shout out. Michael Loner. Rest in peace. So then walks in Tone Loke. Now we can have the Tone Loke conversation. Juice. It's funny because at the same time that this came out in theaters in early 2000, uh, listen to me, early 1994, Tone Loke was already in Ace Ventura, which was a big hit at this time. And he was also in another film called Card 54, Where Are You? Which is based <laughs> off the TV show with... Uh, David Johansson from the New York Dolls <laughs> and John C. McG John C. McGinley. Less of a hit. And Rosie McDonald. Yeah, less of a hit, exactly. <laughs> but the point is, in early 94, Tony Luke was in three fucking theatrically released films at the same time. Because you, you can have those two huge You could go so see like, three Tony Luke films you in the theaters at the same time, on the same day. He was that well, big. These songs were hits like five years earlier. Funky Comedina. And Wild Thing. His Wild two big thing. hits from one album. I mean, that was ages ago in, in, in real world time. But he's still acting, doing his thing, I guess. He's in Posse. <laughs> Do you remember that one? Mario Van Posse, yeah, that's right. Bear. And he was also in Heat. 
Yep. And I have to a, say, his baby's kids. His acting is <laughs> no worse than anyone else's in this thing. He was fun. He was fine. He's no LL Cool J. I never said his acting was good. I said he was in three films at the same time. That's I mean, all I said. It's on a par with Miguel Ferrer's uh, acting in this movie, I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Touche. Did you notice that when they're shoving the money into his backpack, it's <laughs> primarily fives and tens? I didn't notice that. No, really. <laughs> That's what he asked for, so it should be like twice as much. How do you <laughs> fit a million dollars into a kid's backpack anyway? You don't. It would weigh 200 pounds. <laughs> a million dollars in cash is a lot. Even with fucking hundreds, it's a lot. Yes, it is. It's a Mary Poppins backpack where you pull the lamp out and, no. and you pull Yeah, I didn't even think about money I forever. that. I, I, I totally overlooked that. The backpack should have been... You should have had, like, fucking ten backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I wrote down... There's this really weird exchange when Michael Lerner's kind of putting two and two together and figuring out that he gave the wrong person the money. And he starts to kind of, like, have a, a, a mental breakdown. And he says the following. Everything is fine. Not to worry. The eagle has landed... The horse is in the barn, the chicken, and then he wipes his nose twice as goes, is in the pot. And then Turn Look comes back with like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know about no eagles that are landing or no horses in the barn. I certainly don't know about no chickens. Wink, wink, in the pot. Everything is fine, not to worry. Eagle has landed. The horse is in the barn. The chicken is in the pot. Look here, man. I don't know nothing about no eagles landing and all of that. I don't know nothing about no horses running through the barn. And I certainly don't know nothing about no chickens being in a pot, you understand? But if you do me a favor to be so kind as to cash this check right there, I could be on my way. Wait. Quickly sent you. That's right. What about the kid? What kid, man? The kid with the backpack! Look here, man. I'm tired of telling you this. But if you don't give me the money for that check, I guarantee you. There's a bullet with your name on it in this chamber. It was just a really weird exchange. I don't know. I wrote it down because I kind of like had a chuckle out of it too. I'm like, okay. Um, on the way home, then Preston passes a castle. Just. This just just happens to be in this tract. That home. he just happens to come across that has never been there. Apparently, he's never seen this castle before, from the looks of it. Even though yep. it's across the street from his parents' house, it's <laughs> literally down the street on the same block. And he takes the he takes the sign off, and he goes back to his house, and uses his trusty Macintosh computer modulator of the voice thing to uh, make a phone call. That came came standard with the performer. 
yeah. for that year. <laughs> it turns into a bidding war against Quigley, who's conveniently there with the owners and the agent, and in the end, calls himself Macintosh based on his computer. So he wins his bidding war off, but his mom wins it for him because she tells him that she has to go run some errands. And she says, I gotta, I'll be back by two. And then she yells up, make it three. And he's like, mom, you're killing me. So he, he, he essentially went from a $200,000 bid up to $300,000. So thanks, mom, for knocking out a tenth of my million dollars. I mean, again, Miguel Ferrer is a fugitive. Why is he buying property where the cops can just go pick him up on a Tuesday? And he's sitting there with his feet propped up on the table. He's got a fucking stogie dangling out of his fucking mouth. Like, he is living large and in charge right now. (laughs) Meanwhile, motherfuckers should be laying low low down below, you know? He should be like in Mexico or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he should be Jesus. sucking on fucking mojitos or some shit, you know? <laughs> drinking sen- or drinking margaritas, banging senoritas. What's the saying? <laughs> oh, man. So, rich kid throwing money around montage occurs next. He's on his bed jumping around. Yay, I got a million dollars. I have a question. I have so an did, answer. Did, did Preston then get on a skateboard with his 5 and $10 and, and scooch <laughs> on over to the real estate office or... How did he sign the documents? You can't do that over the phone. Macintosh. Macintosh did it over the phone. He, the he signed it verbally. Steve Jobs lives inside of it and handles it all. Say, Macintosh uh, signed all the appropriate paperwork vocally. Okay. Vocally. vocally. It, was a, it was a 90s thing. He did it all vocally. He had uh, strep throat-itis. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever the fuck it says. Oh, <laughs> uh, so um, what's next? Where are we at here? Yeah, Quigley. Back to Quigley. Miguel, along with Tone Loke, they confront Biederman about the money, and collectively they come to the conclusion of the the, the kid. I mean, whatever. Biederman takes uh, the surveillance photo of the kid from earlier and uh, from the bank because he's. Right. You know, the president. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, I guess. He's like Bam Margera. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and they use, he uses it to track him down. They, they like, go all, all these events and shit where kids would be to look for him. So, like, the rest of the movie, it's, it's just Michael Lerner, Tony Loke, and Miguel Ferrer hardly at a bunch of, like, places where kids would be looking for Brian Bonsall. So, Shay Duff is revealed to be an FBI agent. Shocker. Working undercover. She's telling her guys about the two men seeing Biederman earlier. Meanwhile, Preston's parents leave for the night, and we see him break the fourth wall to lift his eyebrows at the audience. I like this little gag here. Like They go to leave, and he's like, ah, wink, wink, night out for the parents, night out for Preston. And he like sneaks out and heads to the castle, and he meets his limo driver, Henry, Yep. played by Rick Dukeman. Great, the late He's a ton of stuff. Great, Rick Dukeman. Although, I don't know. I used to think he was great. More on that in a moment. So uh, Henry well, asks Preston. Just late. We'll, yeah, exactly. Henry's asking Preston about Macintosh and he and where he gets all his money. Hey, thanks a lot for the great watch. You're welcome. 
Hey, you know this guy, uh, what, what is it, McIntyre? Ah, McIntosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, where does he get his money? Well, he doesn't get it. He just has it. Well, why does he get a kid like you to go out and uh, buy all this stuff for him? He, he never had a real childhood, so now that he's really, really rich, he can have all the fun that he couldn't have when he was a kid. Oh. You know. Oh, I see. So he didn't have any fun when he was a kid, but now he's old and he's got money. You're a kid having the fun for him now that he couldn't have when he was a kid. He tells him he just has it, and now he's spending it to relive to relive his childhood that he the relive the childhood that he missed out on all those years. And Henry, who's an adult, mind you, buys him, buys this. He buys into it. He believes him. And he goes along with it. Like he kind of like reminds me of like this this man child, like this Henry character. Right. Like he just buys anything, all the fucking horse shit in the world that Preston's feeding him. He's just opening up and fucking he's just eating it all up, taking it all in. So now it's moving day, and how is Preston not exposed by now and still getting away with this Macintosh story? Like. Like you guys said, the paperwork's, you know. And he never went home. Like his no. parents didn't give a shit. He was just out at the castle all night. And we He's had, out we, here in his fucking blue suit with his head his headset and his fucking designer glasses and all these trucks lined up blocking traffic. Surprised there's no cops there right now asking to talk right. to the owner yes. of the house. Oh, he's just, you know, not around. Kid, where's the owner? He's, um... Yeah, yeah okay. Try and bullshit, bullshit your way out of this one, kid. Well, and um, it's like semis full of, like, soda and chips. Ahoy. It's like, it's you need never, a semi-land ranch. It's Neverland Ranch. It is. It really and is. And no one bothers to go like my seven-year-old son is living with some old man. I mean, he's got a fucking candy and toys. he's got a crane set up for the fucking tunnel, the the water slot he's gonna put in and shit. Shenanigans. We didn't so, even talk about the the musical montage of them like dancing around in the sharper image, spraying each other. Oh, we, we will. Oh, we're gonna get to all that. Oh, Lord. believe me, we have plenty to talk about. We have not even scratched the surface yet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We need a <laughs> lot of match and burn this shit down. So this is when the 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 we talked about this scene earlier, or at least I did, with the the FBI Mark Bills at the, at the bank from yep. the the real estate agent. So Quigley and the gang are at the water park and Biederman's freaking out because there are three grown men at the kids' park without any children. And he oh, thinks is that, people, is that wrong? Is that, people is might that get the wrong idea. Or the right wrong. idea, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shay walks into Preston's backyard looking for Mr. McIntosh and he says he's busy in meetings all day and then she mentions that $200 deposit so he goes and Goes upstairs, grabs 200 bucks cash, and slides down the slide and hands it to her and sets it up. Um, yeah, he sets himself up with a date, set up as a quote unquote pre meet before she finally gets to meet the great Macintosh. Since he, uh, Preston says that he handles all of Macintosh's financial affairs, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what's Everybody's more hilarious, like, okay. that or the fact that all these adults and grown people are buying into this bullshit. 
Like everyone is buying all the shit in the world that this 11 year old is feeding them for the Can sake say, of the plot. For the sake of the plot. Can I say that the date he has with Duff made me very uncomfortable? It oh, was I can't wait to talk about that scene. Good grief. Mm. Very upsetting. I mean, it was it was literally like it was a date. I mean, like a real date. Yeah. Where they're like sharing moment and knowing oh, yeah, glances. It's, it's not a pre-meet. It's it's a. They fucking kiss at the end. Yeah. I kiss. Yes. Yeah. After running through the sprinklers, getting their clothes yeah. all wet. She's a grown ass woman. What are you doing? Well, before we get to all that, we got to get to the scene with uh, Dukeman giving Preston pointers. And it's I'm watching this scene back, and I realize that fucking Rick Dukeman, he just isn't very funny. He's just a nostalgic staple of my childhood, and that's all. Everything he's telling Preston is the most unfunniest fucking thing in the world. Like, he tells him to stuff his pockets with bags to, you know, to take food home from the all-you-can-eat buffet. Like, because it doesn't say all-you-can-eat here. Get it? Waka waka. Come on, this is Colin Esmateria. Waka, come on. The well, I don't think Rick he was ad-libbing Dukeman. those lines. I mean, was he? Huh? <laughs> I don't think he was ad-libbing those lines. I mean, somebody wrote that script, right? We hope. I don't know, man. I really do feel like he ad-libbed a bunch of this stuff. The way he's talking, the way he's kind of like just spitting out the dialogue. It kind of just makes... it The way he's, he just comes off as someone who's just freebasing half the stuff that he's saying like some of it's scripted but some of it's i don't know but some of it's just you know off the cuff <laughs> right right well it's kind of sad it's like later established this is freaking brian bonsell's only friend in the world he's got this castle throwing parties where just adults come no kids to Why be seen. Like I kind of look at it both ways. I mean, who yeah. needs who more? Because if I feel like Preston is Henry's only friend, and Henry's Preston's only friend. Because at the end, they have yeah, this whole like, this 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 miscommunication, this stupid bullshit. Where like there's a party going on, and you if you if you don't hear, because it's kind of like. I don't know. It, it it it's not like focal dialogue, but like you you kind of hear him say in the background like, "Oh, this part we need ice cream. That's what this party needs, ice cream." And then Dukeman's gone for like twenty minutes, and like Preston's like, "Where's Henry? Where's Henry?" And shit ensues. And when he finally comes back before the end credits roll, he comes back with the infamous fucking tub of ice cream because that's what the party needed. And it's like. It was a I trash was can say yeah. full a of ice cream. It's, ice it's a cream. trash can. It's a plastic trash can of ice cream that we see not once, but twice in this movie. Twice? So, twice. so uh, Preston's at dinner with his family before uh, this date. And dad reminds him that he's grounded, even though he's go- going out for a job. and Or for his job, that apparently, that he has now. And this is when Preston suddenly tells his dad that he's planning on showing Macintosh's business numbers at this meeting, which, just just to get out of the house after his mom and dad are suddenly kissing his ass. And, I don't know, I'm surprised dad's not more suspicious of Macintosh being a little diddler at this point. Like, his son's going and hanging out you know, with this guy, and it's like... At what, what point right. do you put your foot down as a parent and be like, the fuck you are? You are not yeah. going anywhere. Like, 
Who is this guy? No I still yet to meet this man. Yeah. Right. Because it's you're sending your son off to some strange <laughs> reclusive millionaire. You come never to my mansion. Per, I mean, there's a monkey. Check, check the backyard out. Yeah. Bubbles. Here's oh. the elephant man's bones. We get naked <laughs> and jump on the trampoline <laughs> together. We see who can it's get higher. <laughs> All right, and, and then the dad's speech is so like awkward, you know, where he goes, "Oh, can my son come home for?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, at the end, that dog. Uh, <laughs> so stupid. <God>. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know what's next? The date. Oh, we could talk about the date. So, where to begin uh, with this next scene? All right, so she's um. She's, they're both clearly dressed. He's got his famous blue suit on. She's got something that's not casual. It's anything but casual. And it definitely, right. the place they're at for dinner. I mean, all the screams, fuck me. And they have their food. It's too fancy for him because he clearly doesn't even know how to fucking eat. He gets freaked out by the, the is it shrimp or lobster? That freaks Lobster. Out. Lobster, okay, yeah. So they just go and they're like, yeah, you want a hamburger? Let's just go out and you know, get away from here. They they run into the, the, the trio of jackasses. And meanwhile, while they're doing this fountain gimmick that he takes her to, they're running through this fountain in this slow-mo montage sequence with the mu happy music playing. So happy together. Holding hands. You gotta have boundaries for God's. I mean, They're, look, I get it. The little boy has a crush on the twenty-five-year-old chick. Got it. But the the adult in the oh, room she's has in her to at this smack point. that shit down. <laughs> Very upsetting. It's yes. I mean, when Don't they got back out. in the fucking hey, limousine I'll after wait, the sprinkler scene, I was waiting for him to try and put her fucking head down his crotch or something. Like it was just something <laughs> that. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Just it saying, like this, it was the, that Truly. was what, that's the idea the movie wants you to give. Yes! It's a different time, the 90s. Seven-year-olds, oh, yeah. a 28-year-old, you know. It's like, it's like Mary Kay Turner <laughs> or something in there. And you know, the, 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 like I said, the, the three idiots see them and they give chase. And of course, the fucking, f the fountain goes off while they're running across it. And they all slip, yucka, yucka, yucka. And they get away, and oh, what's next? Um, uh, oh yeah, we get the awkward good night moment. Should I elaborate on that? <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's uh, uh, Preston Waters. You know what you got? S T Y L E style. I had to write that line down. Yeah, S -T -D -D you know what you got? S T D all week. <laughs> <laughs> so now apparently his brothers Damien and Ralph are working for him. They're they're just they're like cleaning oh, right, the one yeah. guy's cleaning the go kart and the other guy's just feeding the 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 the, the machine for the balls the, for the batting cage or whatever. So they went from running their own business to to being the coffee. Apparently guy. their business didn't work out. I guess not. Hand and foot did not work foot out mouth. too well. So. Foot and ass. That's what they should have got. Yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> so now they're working for their brother, essentially, and doing all of his bullshit yes. for fucking pennies to the dollar. 
And, uh, yeah, and then we, t- we got this event that he's planning for Macintosh. Good old Preston. Why? Why Preston loves pushing event? buttons. He loves yes. to push the envelope. So he's like, he's like I've, been, no I've been avoiding everyone from seeing Macintosh all this time. So now what am I going to do? I'm going to throw a fucking birthday party for the man so everyone can come and the whole fucking town's going to be asking for Macintosh, but they're not going to see him. And no one's going to be suspicious. No one. Not a single person that comes and doesn't see Macintosh. No one's going to raise an eyebrow. It's not going to happen. But better yet, this goddamn planner of this event, played by Debbie Allen, Yvonne. Debbie Allen with the craziest fucking accent you ever heard. Just, yeah, and the, 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 the accent, the way she just grabs cash out of Preston's bag like it belongs to her. Like, I'm not going to so lie, weird. it kind of angered me when she did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck off his money. <laughs> was the down payment for the party. Right, right, right. Forty thousand. It was a hundred thousand dollars. She mentions, and she takes ten. She takes ten grand or something as a down payment. Some ridiculous amount. And why is he just sitting around with an open backpack full of money while he's on the the crazy VR? Yeah, I was wondering. To help yourself. I don't know. So, all right. So, I actually wrote down all the things he buys in this movie that we see. I made a list of things bought by Preston Waters. I mean, on top of the $300,000 castle, he's got a personal limo Which driver. Which is a bargain. I'm sure. Which is a goddamn bargain. He's got a limo driver named Henry. <laughs> he's always wearing them designer sunglasses, which I'm sure were a pretty penny. All the clothes. For, for an 11-year-old for an boy, he has for a lot of different clothes and ties and suits and shit with this million dollars he's spending. Because that's exactly. what kids love. <laughs> He's we we see him drinking cappuccino while shopping, so I'm sure that wasn't you know free. There's he has an entire wall of televisions, including a security system. That's when you know you're successful. When I was a kid, I always thought that was so <laughs> cool. He's you know he tips all of his employees. So, you know, all the employees that are chasing him and Henry around the store while they're fucking riding their bikes and stuff, pointing out what to get. Gotta tip them. I'm sure the time at all those sports complexes, you know, the, the, the mini basketball court and shit, I'm sure that wasn't free. There was three trucks from the Sharper Image parked in front of their house. Yep. I don't even think they had three truckloads worth of shit. The water slide installed from the office <laughs> to the outdoor pool. The That's various trash cans filled at the top with ice cream, furniture, computer for yep. his office, trash can go-karts and go-kart track, <laughs> bungee trampoline, them. various arcade machines, trampoline with stick suits, I don't know what to call them, personal sound system, security system, gyrosphere, inflatable boxing ring, Nerf guns <laughs> out the ass, inflatable sumo wrestling ring with large sumo suits, Damien and Ralph salaries clean up the place. Yeah. $100,000 birthday party for an imaginary figure. The point is, did a million dollars actually cover all this stuff, or are we calling bullshit? I can't he, this, no, this costs a lot more than a million dollars, all the stuff that right. he's spent, those, that, that he's bought. 100%. 100%. I mean, everything it's that ridiculous. I just named, I mean, I'm thinking more of the ballpark of like, Two and a half, maybe two point three million dollars. Definitely, not, it's more than one. So. He's smart enough to figure out 
how how long will it take us eleven dollars to reach a million dollars? But not smart enough to do the reverse. <laughs> how long is it going to take my million to become eleven dollars? He didn't do any thinking <laughs> about that at all. And everything was mindless. Why checkbook. would you have a party? Why would you draw uh, exactly. so much attention? The party was the dumbest thing you could possibly fucking do. I mean, he, he should have hired an accountant, really. It's it's literally, you know, when your parents throw a party, you're like, can right, I just right. get out of here? Can I leave and go to my friend's house? Yet he throws exactly. that kind of party at his house. Then they all bring, you know, labyrinth gifts and shit that I'm sure ain't going to mean squat the Preston once yeah, they all go home and he opens bowl, it up. Yeah, a crystal bowl, 11-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Here's your diamond studded china. So this birthday party goes down and practically the entire town's there for a guy they've never met before. Yeah, uh, before the party starts, call, we see Preston call Henry to hang out, but but Henry can't cuz he's going to hang out with his friends. Preston's bored cuz he doesn't have a real friends at the moment. Oh, he didn't have any real friends at any moment. No. So he's at the park and that turns into a chase after he's somehow found by Quigley and company. So they all chase him and he gets away. Oh. Also in this chase scene in the park, we see Tone Lope like blow chunks in the car, which is fucking nasty. <laughs> but like I said, the birthday party, Shay's FBI boss tells her that Macintosh doesn't show up and they got to bring the kid in. It's like, this ends tonight. <laughs> he's 11 years bring old. Bring him in. Okay. Hard questionings have come in for your kid. So Preston, yeah, waterboard, exactly. <laughs> so Preston gets bored and he goes off by himself. And Yvonne confronts him and hands him the bill for the rest of the event of 100 grand, wanting the money now. But the bad news, he's down to $332. Transaction not possible. Insufficient funds. Current balance $332.17. Transaction not possible. Insufficient funds. Transaction not possible. No, please, God. All right, logic check. So then the money's not in the bank. It's in his backpack. So he's clearly entering every dollar he spent. And he's still surprised. <laughs> exactly. How about just look in your backpack, <laughs> He's bro. in denial. It's a little he lighter that. than it was. He's either in <laughs> denial or he he mistook that, that decimal point for a comma. Or it's, it's, kind of like it's the, the movie makes yeah. no goddamn sense. How about that? Or all the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an option. <sighs> so this is the scene... Preston's dad comes in and he thinks he's talking to Macintosh because he's swerving around in his chair with his back turned. And this is your opportunity to walk around and be like, I gotta see what this fucking guy looks like. He's been hanging out with my son. No, he just stands like a fucking coward. And he's like, you know, I remember when I was his age, my dad was tough on me. And I love him and it's his birthday. <laughs> Mr. Macintosh? Oh, sorry to bother you. Uh, it's Fred Waters. Preston's dad, I know you got a bash going on here, so I'll make it brief. But, uh, I wanted to ask you a, a favor. You see, today is Preston's birthday, and if you see him, if you could send him home a little early. You know, lately, he's been working so hard. All of a sudden, 
money's become so important to him. I guess that's mostly my fault. You don't have kids, do you, Mr. McIntosh? Well, I'll tell you, it's very easy to make mistakes with him. I haven't always paid enough attention to my kids. I pushed him too hard, uh, maybe. Especially Preston. I guess I uh, expect more from him. He reminds me of myself at that age. I couldn't wait to grow up. I'm afraid he's missing out on his childhood. So am I. Well, uh, thanks. I won't take up any more of your time. And we appreciate you sending Preston home early. Well, if he, if he wants to come, that is. When he's done giving you a handy, can you send him home, please? Thanks. That'd be Did great. Did you just say when you gave him when he's done giving you a handy? <laughs> yeah. I might have my auto. When he's done polishing the elephant man's balls, yeah. just send him on back. When he's done being a little diddler, please send him home. When he wakes up from the propofolum. <laughs> Will you please send my son home when you're finished with him? So yeah, that happens, and then you know he go he leaves, and Preston's like, "Dad, too late." Even though he just left five seconds ago, he didn't hear him call out his dad. He's outside. The he's door, already bro. outside Come in on. his car, and he's taking off. Dad, to drive no the two way. houses. Over. <laughs> he's in his car to drive the five houses back up the street. Because you know parking. Parking. <laughs> Preston finds out that Henry left to get trash can bins full of ice cream. And Shay confronts him, but he tells her to leave. Oh, and by the way, Quigley and the guys have kidnapped Butch. And he's been leading them towards Preston now. So Yvonne pulls the plug on the entire event. And Preston tells everyone to leave because McIntosh is gone and he's not coming back. And I just love how Yvonne's in the background going, Close the bar down! After the awkward silence when Preston tells the crowd to go home. She's just in the background. Oh, I fucking love Debbie Allen. So, now the film officially turns into Home Alone. After it's oh, revealed, yeah. Preston yes. spent a mill in six days. This is a home bad alone. Home Alone ripoff. Ripoff. Holy shit. Between this, Three Ninjas masterminds basically any kids versus adult film that followed the same formula as home alone in the 90s can fuck right off like this was a tiresome fucking gimmick right here just it's just full of traps and one-liners like that must have hurt fuck you (laughs) so at this point i'm getting angry at the movie forgive me so Biederman tells quickly about helming the Macintosh name in hopes of inheriting the new uh, the life that he was hoping for. Henry? Henry! I knew you'd come back. Henry! Happy birthday. I'm here to blow out your candles. It's your hurry, kid. You got a big check to cash? Yeah. <gasps> 
Yeah, I like the pad. It looks real nice. Can you handle it? Oh, I like this. Got the TV? TV. Drums? Drums. All kind like of toys. It. Got a little taste, a little flavor. What's this thing here? No, I don't think I've seen one of those before. Preston, how you work this? When you turn the knob. <laughs> you know, you really shouldn't let him in such a nice house as this. I mean, all your stuff could get broken. <laughs> Kid, where's Macintosh? Nowhere. He's nowhere. I'm gonna ask you one more time. Where is he? Ha! There is no Macintosh. I made him up. It, it was me the whole time. Don't give me that. Who bought this house? I, I did. You? You outbid me? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You trying to tell me that this little bitty boy right here outbids you with your own money? Be a fly on the wall, okay, Juice? Listen, kid, you know it's illegal to take things that don't belong to you. I know. I feel awful. Take me to the police. Carl, don't do it. It's a trick. You know, here. Son, I don't want to take you to the police. Just tell me, okay? Where's my money? I, I spent it. All of it? All of it. How could you spend? A million dollars in six days. You must not have been shopping lately. Carl, Carl, wait a minute. Maybe we're thinking about this Macintosh thing in the wrong way. What are you talking about? But you needed a new house, a new identity. Well, this kid, he's done it for you. I mean, Macintosh could run for mayor here. Yeah, you know, I kind of like the idea of that. Uh, mayor Quigley. No, no. Yeah. Mayor Macintosh. I like it. And this is when the whole Home Alone shit goes. And, you know, they're chasing them around the house. And they're getting somehow trapped in all these fucking big over-the-top purchases that he's made. Like, like the gyrosphere that honestly should have killed Miguel Ferrer in the end. Because he should have drowned. He got, he got he lucky. Dead. He was floating face down He got the pool. lucky that that shit fucking knocked. That, that, that cage ball got knocked loose from the go-kart. Because otherwise, Preston would have been going to jail for manslaughter. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and Paul, in prison, Paul. Yeah, exactly. And after uh, pursuing Preston throughout the property when the latter tries to escape, the FBI shows up conveniently with Shay in time to save Preston. Preston, are you okay? What's this all about? What's happening here? Stanley. What are you doing here? Let's go. As at this moment, you're fired from my bank. FBI, Biederman. From this moment, you're fired from your bank. What? You're the FBI? Yes, Preston, I am. Okay, kid. Finally, at long last. Who's Macintosh? Um. Uh. 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 I, uh. I. I'm Macintosh. You're Macintosh? I'm Macintosh, and I want you all off my property now. He's Macintosh. You sure? I tell you, I'm Macintosh. Please tell these guys I'm Macintosh. Oh, he's Macintosh. Mr. Macintosh. He's Don't you know Macintosh. Papa Macintosh and Big Mama Macintosh? He'd be hanging out with the brother, you know? Okay, then, Mr. Macintosh. You're under arrest for fraud, money laundering, and grand theft. What are you talking about? What's this all? Ah. Bring in Peterman, too. I'm a thanker. And take Mr. Wise Guy, too. Oh. Get 
Me? Quigley announces that he's Macintosh, thinking that claiming that name would grant him the new life that he was hoping for, but uh-uh. Just get you a one-way ticket back to prison, my friend. Quigley mm. uh, arrests... Uh, Quigley's arrested, rather, by the FBI for numerous crimes that they intended to charge McIntosh with, along with Biederman and Juice, obviously, for being accomplices. And, uh, yeah, the, the film cannot fucking wait to bring it home so we quickly cut to Preston at home family's got this half-assed birthday cake for him and they're like happy birthday little brother and he blows it out they ask him you know celebrate make a wish yada yada and he breaks the fourth wall again blows out the candles blank check two I think not that is blank check from 1994 no sequels here all right Let's get to the categories now. Jesus. Starting with box office receipts. Point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. All right, Blank Check was released in the theaters on the fine day of February 11th, 1994 from Walt Disney Pictures. It opened up across 1,698 screens, opening up to $5.4 million. That's third place behind Ace Ventura Pet Detective, also starring Tone Loke, and the remake of The Getaway. You ever seen the remake of The Getaway? I saw it. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, uh, Michael Madsen, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Second Basinger. Yeah, Kim Basinger. Uh, second weekend box office. This is a first for me. $6.2 million. Dropped down to fourth place, but it went up in numbers. Total gross, $39 million against a $13 million budget. So yeah, that second weekend increase is a, is a really weird one. Like, I, I, I can't recall noticing the, 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 the few years I've been doing this podcast, I've never noticed any of the total, the totals going up in the second week, but, no. but the play spot goes down. It's weird. It's it's a first. Fucking blank check. Go figure. They're like, oh, it was a hit. What? It made its money back and then some. It was a hit. It was. I mean, thirty nine against thirteen is is and it's a, that's a hit for what, it's a what modest month hit did it for, come out? for Disney February. Oh God, I was thinking maybe it was summertime and a bunch of parents just kept dropping nah, their kids early off. February. It was like. <laughs> it was like the week after Super Bowl for that year. Oh Lord, there's no. People had bad taste in the 90s, apparently. Except for music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Um, you know, it's expected for a Disney live-action film, I guess. So, let's now move on to what the critics thought of the film in the form of Critics Corner. Let's see what they had to say. <laughs> Blank Check has a current Rotten Tomato score of 9% from 11 reviews. There's not even ah. a consensus. There's no critical consensus for this movie. They said, fuck now. Nah. Oh, that's the critical consensus, consensus it, it right is. there. It's not applicable. 
It's got a meta score of 42 out of 100 based on nine reviews. Get this. It's got a cinema score of A minus. My jaw hit the floor when I saw that. Is nearly. that editable like Wikipedia? Do you, th- do you think, Carly? I've never messed with cinema score. I'm not sure how that operates, to be honest with you. I just know not works. every movie is rated on there. So it's kind of like a coin flip. Because I always check Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, and um, Cinema Score every time I do a, one of these categories for a different movie each week on the podcast. And Cinema Score, sometimes it's not on there for, for the film we're covering. Sometimes it is. In this case, like I said, A minus. Yeah. I wonder what Cricks scored that one. Eames, though, I'll, I'll tell you what he gave it. He gave this fucker two thumbs down and said, Blank Check is a good-looking movie with a high energy level, but boy, is this screenplay totally misguided. It starts with a promising idea, which is this ki- the kid wants to impress his materialistic family, but it trades that in for a tired old story about the kid being chased all over town by three bumbling bad guys. And his relationship with a sexy FBI sexy FBI agent, his words, not mine, feels forced and awkward. Yeah. It would have been more fun if he was trying to impress a girl his own age. The, yes! The movie avoids all sorts of comic possibilities and settles for the easy them. way out. Yeah. <laughs> like the plague. It avoids them like the plague, exactly. Uh, Eve's partner, Siskel, also gave it two thumbs down. No shocker there. And said the whole mentality of the picture is an adult mentality and not a smart kid's mentality. Peter Rayner from the LA Times stated that what was missing from the film is any trace of the joy in simple pleasures. Preston isn't a very imaginative child. He's a goodies gatherer. Okay. Janet Maslin from the New York Times said that it looks like the best bet for family audiences in a season short of kitty-oriented entertainment. What the fuck? And, it, and it's a movie that no parents in their right minds should let their children oh, see. okay. <laughs> and finally, Louise. the Chicago Tribune stated that with its contrived plot, its MTV-inspired montages, and its blatant shilling for products, Apple. it is film as hard sell, and it comes with a decidedly suspect warranty. Its mercantile instincts are so primary, it looks like an infomercial. Yeah. Waka waka jokes over there at the Chicago Tribune. So yeah, not liked. Are you surprised? I'm not. I am not man. surprised. No. I mean... It is. It's very Demolition yeah. Man with all the, the product hustle. It's very Demolition Man minus the Dan Cortez at the piano <laughs> inside a Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the second Dan Cortez reference in this episode. Fuck you very much. I'm here all week. <laughs> Demolition Man um, is much more entertaining. That's for damn sure. He sings the Jolly Green Giant, I think, in that song, in that, in that movie. He does! Oh shit. Alright, so that's what the critics thought. Let's talk now about what we thought in the form of pros and cons. Before I take on any job, I look at it the same way as it takes to make the thing positive versus negative. Now, you mix a little bit of this with a little bit of that, and you get a reaction. 
starting with the pros. I'll go first. I'll be honest. I'll be as honest as an honest man can be about 1994's Blank Check and the pros. I found the film's 94-minute runtime to move rather quickly. That is a pro to me. It was a breeze for some odd reason. It came, it went, that's all. Anyone born in the 80s like me will probably see the nostalgia in a film such as this one. And as a roller, as a roller coaster enthusiast, I actually admit that it was cool seeing the original Rattler roller coaster in this movie. That was the wooden roller coaster that they show in the beginning while they're at the, the Butch's, you know, personalized birthday party at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Yeah, that that's an old RMC. Now it's an RMC themed uh, hybrid coaster, but back then it was the old Woody. And yeah, I, I liked seeing it in its original form. So it has nothing to do with the film itself. Still a pro. And those are the only pros I have for the movie, to be honest with you. I really do. That's it. I agree with so. you that one of the pros is that it's 90 minutes. Although it feels yeah. much longer. See, I was the opposite. I felt that the movie came and went really You're quickly. You're like, damn it, I wish it, I wish it was like Babylon. I wish it was a oh, solid no. three hours and 14 minutes. I wish this was like Avatar Away of the Water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, how about uh, Kevin, your pros? I mean... <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought it was kind of honestly I thought it was kind of fun I really did I think looking at it from from a standpoint of like an adult I mean the kid is clearly insane like he's a psychopath raised by a psychopath the oh, he, oh, oh yeah all the kids are in these I mean, movies yeah they are it's it's like ridiculous the choices he makes aren't just choices that children would make you'd be like well that's you know a kid would make these no this is these are the choices that a maniac would make and yet i found that hilarious he'd make these choices i'd be like what and then i'd laugh so i i thought you know it, it's it's breezy you know if, if you can remove some of the pedophile parts of it um <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to backpedal just a tiny, teeny, weeny little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you because you know what? And I wasn't even thinking about that. This movie kind of is fun. Um, you're right. Especially, I mean, I Thank found you. myself going back to being a kid myself, especially during that montages. I was like, okay, now I remember why I like this movie so much as a kid. And you know every taking all the obvious stuff out of the equation like you said um and i i kind of did you know for as much shit as i'm talking about the movie you know it's all in, a lot of it's just uh, in, in good fun um some of it's in all seriousness though but this in particular um at the end of the day i i did have some fun with it i i can't i, I can't knock the film i i did so it's not gr good or anything no 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 but no it's, it's, god no it's no. pleasant. Perhaps? It reminded me of my childhood. Yes, but the so. blank check or the living with a mysterious <laughs> older. <laughs> all the above. <laughs> all the above, baby. Check all the boxes. <laughs> oh my God! I like to. I've come up with a conspiracy theory that, in fact, young Preston grows up to be Christian Bale and American Psycho. Yes. Feed me a stray cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Aaron, any pros for you? That was the pro. 
Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to go to the cons. Um, all right. I had four written down. Uh, real waste of serious talent. Uh, Home Alone's a much better oh. movie. The math does add up. The Preston Shay stuff's always going to be problematically problematic. Yes. And, um, yeah. Those are the cons I wrote down. The obvious ones. So. I mean, those those are pretty big. I mean, my my biggest cons for it are, frankly, like you said, anything about his relationship with Shay. I agree with Ebert that they could have had it be like there's a girl he's trying to impress, kind of kind of subplot, like girl his own age. Right. Let's just say, <laughs> not somebody three times his age. Uh, you know, and then maybe give him some fucking friends. Why? You know, he doesn't have just, a single fucking kid friend in this movie. Like, does like a kid in a wheelchair. We don't see or something. him. There's nothing. Like we don't see him with any but other kids in this with movie. Him at this Except point. for like, there's like a girl who asks him at the amusement park if he's going with them on this one ride, and he's like, "I only have six tokens, and it was supposed to be seven or something." That's the only time I can recall him actually yes. like having a conversation with someone and not, you know fighting with them or whatever or being picked on or defending himself or you know what I mean right give him some friends please <laughs> give the kid a fucking friend damn it he could have bought One some more friends age. god damn it that's what he should have done pay off butch should have bought some friends put butchy on All right, the payroll Kev. those are those were mine the, the, the pedophilia and the fact that it was horribly depressing that he had no friends <laughs> alright fair enough Aaron? I'm the dream cr crusher. Uh, I hated the story. I hated the writing, and I hated the acting. The plus is still it was not only 90 minutes. When you said like <laughs> waste of massive talent, I was like, who are you referring to? Sir? Perhaps later on they they had more massive talent. I think I, I think Miguel Ferrer is still like early Keanu here. Later on, I mean, Miguel Ferrer, Michael Lerner are like, and James Rebhorn. Those three, those are the three talents I was talking about more. They were more still pretty. I mean, they were still pretty shitty at this point. They were not at They're their apex. <laughs> True. Uh, they haven't reached peak form yet. I get it. All right, we're gonna move on into another category. Where are we at here in this one? Uh, oh, one of the new categories. One question. No answer. Do you have any other questions for me, counselor? All right. What's my question here? Exactly how does Preston get away with this Macintosh persona for so long without someone demanding to see him in person? That was the question I wrote down for this movie is how the fuck he's able to go six whole days and go through a whole million dollars without anyone raising suspicion finding out or better yet demanding i mean his father we've we've we, i mean technically we've already talked about this during the episode but i'm just saying like his father is another one you know i i need to, i'm i need to see this macintosh man you keep going over his house do just you know him. the macintosh man the macintosh <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah, that's my question about this movie is like just how long this Macintosh shit was was gonna go on for until someone finally realized they were all being duped collectively. So I mean, I have I have several questions. Oh, I'm sure. Honestly. I'm sure. It's like I'm number sure. one. I okay. So 
Can you buy a house without signing any papers or actually being and have it closed in person in the same day? Instantly, in the same day. Uh, why did he have to create the Macintosh like identity? I understand to buy the house, but then why is he telling everybody he meets Macintosh? Mac? It's like who gives a shit? If you just flash some green, no one's going to ask, ask any questions. Any questions. About yep. Why you're going to Sharper Image and eating a tub of ice cream? No right. one cares. You need a bed. You need a giant TV. You need a gaming system and a fridge full of junk food. What else do you need? That's it. That's all you need. Um, why didn't Miguel Ferrer leave the country? Yeah. <laughs> why was he sticking around? Yeah. And were, were there no like U.S. Marshals hunting down this escaped fugitive? No, just the local sheriff he that he sees at the uh, outside the bank. But again, only they only catch him because he claims to be Macintosh. What laws did Macintosh break, by the way? I mean, I understand the laws the kid <laughs> broke. You can't, you can't sign contracts when you're 11 years old, but whatever. Those are my questions. Okay. All right. Aaron? My only question is this. Old King uh -oh. Cole was a merry old soul, and a <laughs> merry old soul was he. <laughs> Who wrote that and why? <laughs> it's not a question. Okay, is that related to this? Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> That's a question. Like, I'm like, why did they feel? Because that was going to uh, make us uh, like Juice more? Is that what it was? Yeah. He's more relatable yes. now that he can quote Mother Goose. <laughs> <laughs> what yes! the fuck? That's what we like to look. Oh, man. All right. Well, easy enough. Uh, another new category that we have, recasting call. This is my favorite. This is where Aaron, this is Aaron's time to shine. No, dickhead. Of course I could. A nutless monkey could do your job. Well, I... Now go get drunk and take credit at all the parties. I would never do ah. that to you. <laughs> oh, shit. Can't wait to get to you then. Uh, so I wrote down, all right, Macaulay Culkin as Preston Waters. Joe Pesci as Tommy from Goodfellas as Quigley. Daniel Stern as Biederman. Kid Cuddy as Juice. And anyone but Rick Dukeman as Henry. Those are the recasts for me. I thought this film would work so much better with the entire cast of Home Alone in it. With the exception of, or no, with the addition Daniel of, Stern. Rather, of, of, of uh, Kid Cuddy. Yeah, Kid Daniel Cuddy. Stern. So yeah, just replace everybody with uh, Home Alone characters. That's all. Because that's essentially what this fucking movie is. So, but I, I, I am quite curious to hear what Aaron has to say. So, Kev, you're up. Uh, I want to just recast it with the cast of uh, Family Ties. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Bring them all back. Stephen and Elise are his parents. I think uh, evil Miguel Ferrer is played by maybe Nick. <laughs> you know, maybe Rick Dukeman is played by Skippy. I, I think uh, get Alfonso Rob. Ribeiro in there as uh, Tom Loke, and we're covered. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> All right. Mine's taking a little darker turn. Ooh. Not Macaulay Culkin, but Kieran Culkin, but he's 30. His father is a drunken Tom Sizemore. Very abusive. All you have to say is Tom Sizemore, by the way. <laughs> Jesus. The Miguel Ferrer character is, in fact, Kevin Spacey from House of Cards. Jesus. And Juice, just for a little levity, is, of course, Kevin Hart. There you go. That works. 
it's a whole it's a reimagining is what i'm calling it it's it's, it's a whole reimagining is what that is <laughs> actually i want to do uh what a cast. I'm gonna flip-flop instead of kevin hart clearly i should have had um motherfucker kevin motherfucker kevin yes. <laughs> you know him don't you don't you know him? you know him as motherfucker kevin <laughs> who do i mean who do i need to put in here Motherfucker. From what? Give me some clues. Oh. Are you trying to send it to me psychically? From um, yeah. Jackie Brown. He look like a man. Samuel Jackson? Yes! Samuel Jackson okay. is juice! Yeah, motherfucker. You motherfucker. <laughs> Technically a good fellas cast member. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's a different film. <laughs> yes. All right. That's a, that's a, a perfect substitution. Let's do Mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? Oh, uh, let's see here. Let's make it five mil instead of a million and cut out the obvious stuff, the, the, the icky stuff, you know? That, that, that's what I would do. Change, if I'm going to change, if I'm going to shape this movie up and change it for the better, we're going to quadruple times another one to that five million and we're gonna fucking get rid of the the, the diddler stuff and the the fucking shay kissing preston stuff like we don't need that come on disney you're better than this and how come this I shit mean, wasn't talked about 15 20 years ago and why is it being uh, talked about now 25 30 years later beyond me we were still recovering from all that cocaine in the 80s so this you gotta true. you gotta clear this the is noggin. true Ah, uh, it was it was still a cloudy era. I get <laughs> still it. Still a bit of a cloud, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I basically just put make him less of a psycho, but I, I think <laughs> I would have to go with you and just say get rid of the the groomer behavior. That's that's just rampant yeah. in this movie. Get rid of that stuff, and it, it's it's definitely less it's less uh, nightmarish. We get rid of the uh, the pedophilia. Mm -hmm. so that's what I would agree with. I'm going with a whole reimagining. <laughs> and of course, remove all the pedophilia. But they live in the, in the Bavarian town that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang takes place in, and they've <laughs> stolen the money from the child catcher. And that's who's coming after him with a net. <laughs> so, page one rewrite is what you're talking about. Yeah. She's just Preston going for a whole and, fucking and script money. revision. <laughs> I'm just really uh, terrified I like of it. the child catcher. All right. Makes sense. Let's move on then to finger licking good. It's finger licking good. Honestly, this kind of harkens back to the whole concept of having fun with this in areas of the film. Uh, that said, the same the, the Six Flags Fiesta Texas montage, aka Butch's birthday party, aka something fun world, whatever the hell that place the the name of the faux park is in the movie. Um you know, for for the reasons of uh you know, like I, I just had fun. It took me back to being a little kid. Uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. Thank you. One hundred and one. Uh, and and like I said, being the enthusiast that I am, just seeing the old school wooden iron. Or now now it's called Iron Rattler. But before, just seeing the old original Rattler and it's a you know wooden form is. I 
you know, it's damn rare commodity these days. So, so yeah. My favorite part of the film was watching that scene. Probably, I had fun um, with it. Go ahead. Good times. Um, my favorite part of the scene and made me laugh out loud is when they push Miguel Ferrer into that hamster wheel thing, <laughs> which he seemed to have. I mean, he just had it. I guess he bought it off camera or whatever. Doesn't seem like that would be any fun at all to be pushed around in that thing. I like always see those device. stupid no. balls. They always look horrific, like vomit-inducing comets. It's a vomit. It's vomit-inducing. So he's he's locked in that thing. And then uh, Preston is pushing him around in his go-kart. He rolls down a hill, falls into like a shark cage into the pool, basically. And when Preston comes down there, you literally see Miguel Ferrer floating face down in the pool. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is we took a turn. <laughs> this took a turn. Right. That's so. right. Because Okay. You missed it. Because Preston goes up. To, I remember this part now. Because Preston goes up to him and it's like kind of like pokes him because he thinks that he's dead. And yes. then he like jumps up and grabs him, and that's how he gets captured. He was pretending to be drowned. Yes. In the pool. He can really <laughs> hold his breath. <laughs> My kids walk. He's in like Leslie Nielsen in Creep Show. He can hold his breath for a very long time. It was. It was Ted Dancing in Creep Show as well. Yes, that's a classic. Good time. I'm, I'm currently wearing a Creep Show shirt. So ah. good. Oh, uh, tied you over. Love it. Uh, so exactly. Ba boom boom. Where are we at now? Um, where are we? Aaron, what's your? Uh, yes, Aaron's up. Okay, I would cool. like one of those tubes, but all I kept thinking about is it's concentrating the smell from the swimming pool and all that chlorine. And now that you tell me it's Texas, hot hot air and flies are coming in during the summer. So I would like Mosquitoes. I would like my tube to go like into like a sunken living room or something, not necessarily into uh, the pool. But it's like water is running down in there into the, your living room. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's gonna have, <laughs> really have to be a different kind of slide. It's just gonna be like silicone and slick, and I just land. That would hurt if you're going down. <laughs> I got five million dollars. I'll hire like NASA to come up with something. All right, well, let's do our movie MVPs. All right, now, you might think I'm a little biased, but I take my job as a presenter very seriously. I will show no favoritism. I am here to honor excellence. And the most valuable player is... This is hard. This was really hard. It is hard. Because this is like, who really stood out in this movie? Um, and the, the person that I came to... As my final answer for this, uh, and by no means was it easy. And I'm I'm kind of half serious with it, but half half just you know for shit, not taking this seriously because it's it's hard. It's a it's blank check for Christ's sake. But anyway, I I I wrote down Debbie Allen as Yvonne because <laughs> all I kept thinking is that fucking that voice that she has, that that accent she goes for. Is this to die for or what? I, I just have that her. ringing in my fucking head. Exactly. So. I'm all used to her in like serious roles. Remember she was in yeah, exactly. and everything. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? 
because it's making choices. It's uh, what's her face? His sister from the Cosby Show. Yes, absolutely, sure shot. Thank you. So you know, just Good a different, pull. out there, bizarre role with that uh, that fucking accent, dude. So yeah, I, I wrote her down for that reason uh, and that reason only. So. I mean, I have to say, it it was a hard choice. It's hard. This uh, I I took the longest doing this one. It because it, it is. It's kind of like the Academy Awards, but in reverse, <laughs> where it's like, yeah, who's, exactly. <laughs> who's rising above? Oh, sweet Jesus! The the actor I finally chose. I mean, he was actually kind of a breath of fresh air whenever he was on screen. I gotta go with Tom Loke. Old King Cole to. was a merry old. <laughs> <laughs> like like we said, he didn't go to Juilliard. <laughs> he didn't go to Juilliard, so I, I'm impressed with his with his abilities. So, thank you, Tom Loke. He wasn't any uh, worse than anyone else. Good for you, Tom Loke. Aren't you supposed to be in school, kid? I can't do his voice. Jesus, I, I know he. No one can do his here. voice. Uh, and no one ever goes to school in this movie. So yes, the answer is he should be in school. Yeah. All right. I want to give a special award to the kid who plays Preston uh, for not going directly into porn uh, after his career dried up. There we yeah. go. That's my nod to him. I mean, no, instead he just wanted to be an abusive rock star wannabe with lots of piercings and tattoos and shit. That's right, Jake Lloyd and all the rest. They all can't be winners, right? They can't. (laughs) Very sad. So, all right, Uh, Aaron, MVP? Oh, that was it. Okay, very good. (laughs) I like it. Um, before we give out our final ratings for the final effect, I just kind of like off, off the cuff thought of this one, like just having a fun, fun time with this category, uh, favorite Preston purchase, favorite purchase from the million dollars that Preston got, what was everybody's favorite purchase from the million dollars, uh, that he had? I'll go first while you guys think about it for a little bit, since I just kind of like threw that out there. Like I said, I'm on the spot with this one. I'm going with the water slide, though, personally. I mean, I always thought, even going back and rewatching it just earlier today, I was like, God damn, this is cool. This this uh, water slide thing It's just uh, to go from your office out to the pool via yeah. water slide. That's fucking wild, isn't it? Like, that, that yeah, would definitely. Be, uh, that's what I mean. That's the office. I want. Why should I use stairs when I could just slide everywhere? Hands that's- down. The, the water slide feature is my favorite purchase of Preston Waters in this movie. I mean, I so. thought the, the the whole sharper image thing was ridiculous because that was always like old shit you'd buy for like your dad, old businessmen, weird billiards right. for your desk. Some kids got a two truckloads of what the thing with the sand. I mean, what the fuck is it the sharper image that a kid wants? We were like squirting each other with squirt guns in the sharper image, like splashing water all over the place, ruining thousands of dollars of stuff. Yeah, very upsetting. Mm -hmm. But it make no Um, change. What was? It's definitely not the crazy gyrosphere thing. That's a death trap. There was some (laughs) kind of weird, like rose seashell chair that was like hanging off the ceiling. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. That's the thing that his bag was next to when when Yvonne took the ten grand from. It, it was your gaming herself. chair. 
Yeah. Is that what the hell that was? It's his gaming. It's his virtual reality chair that's like hovering up over the ceiling. Well, or from I guess the I ceiling, that. rather. The weird chair. I yeah. choose that. And with, the VR the, mask. Looked, with the VR it, helmet. Like a, yeah. it, it looks exactly like what it ended up looking like. The old right. school one with like the ginormous like it's got like a beak and shit. Yeah. Ah uh, yes, early '90s iteration of virtual reality. I gotta love it. I just want a fucking <laughs> castle for three hundred thousand. Not a bad deal. No, that seems that seems a bargain, well, especially because he could have got it for two, and and then mom piped up. Well, Miguel Ferrer was gonna buy it for like one forty. <laughs> And then mom piped up. Three. (laughs) Are you in Texas? Where do you live? Me? Yeah. Baltimore. 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 I was like, are they just giving shit away in Texas? (laughs) Castles. Help yourself. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, that castle is actually owned by Robert Rodriguez. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it is. It's actually now, I I saw a picture of it online. I looked it up because I was curious. That's to what it looked like today because it's down in San, it's it's in the San Antonio area oh. he owns it and it's nothing it's all covered in like leaves and stuff now that's probably for the best yeah is he a big blank check fan <laughs> <laughs> Rodriguez is the biggest blank check fan probably has a fucking theater and installed and all they do is play blank check 24 7 i like to imagine it's just all props and like headshots yes he has his own dedicated blank check prop room in that mansion there's mannequins this is the gyrosphere that miguel ferrero must died in They keep a Miguel Ferrer mannequin floating face down at the pool yeah, all the time. Yeah, exactly. The pool man has to skim around it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right, let's do the final effect rating. Ow. On a scale of one. Ow. On a scale. Ah. On a scale. Ow. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Give me the damn veggies. What do you think? Uh, let's see. Where did I go? Here I go. Yeah, I gave it one and a half stars out of five. This one's just weird. The stuff with Bonzo and Duff. I, I just can't believe that made it into a Disney film 30 years ago. While the idea is perfect for my adolescent youth, watching it as an adult just doesn't hold the same merit. And because of that, I can't find it in me to recommend this film to anyone, not even my enemies. Had fun with it, but come on now. At the end of the day, nah. Um, I think I enjoyed it more than you guys. Uh, I don't know if I was just delirious from sleep exhaustion. Uh, I thought it was it was light, it was breezy, uh, it was fun. Maybe I'm insane. Maybe I'm giving it three stars. What the fuck, Kevin? You have become the Peter Travers of film reviewers. Is there not a <laughs> movie just, that you don't like? She has just wrote you off. In the name I, of all that is holy. I can't help it. I, can, I mean, I can go back and change my score to accommodate your opinions, but <laughs> my initial reaction, walking away, maybe... No, man, I actually have Ferrer more floating. respect for you saying that and being honest about it and shit. That's great. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed, but I think it's a three star movie. Were you on no. ecstasy while you were watching it to refresh? Yeah. Is there? Is you, did you recently suffer a concussion? Did you somehow eat some of my shrooms while you watched this? Are you tripping it's right now? Possible. How many fingers am I holding up? Do you see the streaks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, Look, you whoa, have to be in the right whoa, mindset whoa, whoa. when you watch this. That's what we it's... were asking was what was your mindset? What kind of mindset <laughs> were you in while you watched this? <laughs> it is look, it is it is ridiculous. It yes. is totally and utterly ridiculous. Yes. But I think I think it's it's kind of a fun ridiculous, if you will. So there you go. I, like I Not said, for everybody. Respect. Film is subjective. Trigger warnings. If you like movies, triggered. Triggered. All right, Aaron. Now that he set you off, what's your rating? Point zero. (laughs) Condemned prisoners uh, just should not be allowed to watch this. I think this is covered against like a. It's a crime against humanity to see it. The only people who should be forced to see this movie are despots <laughs> and <laughs> you made me laugh. You broke my role. Despots and terrorists. That's it. Nobody else should see this. All copies should be burned. It is not worth your time. Fair enough. <laughs> and, 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 and now we've reached the end of the episode. That means it's time to wrap up our conversation on Blank Check. But before we go, I want to point everyone in the direction of our ever-growing collection of previous episodes at the Archive, which can be accessed on all major podcast platforms as well as directly at our website, thefilmeffectpodcast.com. And if you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, then maybe consider, you know, leaving us a quick rating or review. You can do so via Apple, Spotify, Facebook, email, or directly at our website, which is, once again, thefilmeffectpodcast.com. Also, you're going to want to make sure you're following us on the socials, at Film Effect Pod on Twitter, the Film Effect Podcast everywhere else. Kick your weekends off with an all-new episode of FewerCast, dropping each and every Friday afternoon. FewerCast is our Film Effect weekly entertainment recap podcast that we do with five of us discussing the week in movies and entertainment each week. And then, of course, the Film Effect podcast each and every week for your listening and enjoyment. Next week on the program, from one childhood movie to another, since next week's the 30th anniversary of the Super Mario Brothers film. That's right, 30 years since the theatrical release. Dennis Hopper, Bob Hoskins, you know, the gang. We'll be giving that one the film effect treatment that it may or may not deserve. I mean, I think this episode will go out on, you know, it'll it'll go one of two ways. It'll either be one of our best episodes, but then again, it could be a catastrophe waiting to happen. But honestly, I haven't watched it from start to finish in, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Luckily, I watched it so many goddamn times when I was little. It's all just embedded in my brain, so going to be interesting to say the least Kevin Aaron where do you guys stand on the 1993 classic Super Mario Brothers Aaron has never seen it I'm somehow not surprised by that (laughs) you know what it's like I know all about it I mean also John Leguizamo's in it Leguizamo Samantha Mathis I actually had the biggest fucking crush in the world for years on Samantha Samantha Mathis after watching that as a kid well, so, you know, pump up the volume, all sorts of good stuff. So I didn't see that until I was a teen. 
I never saw a Super Mario Brothers movie <gasps> either. No, what? I'm talking about Pump Up the Volume. <laughs> I did see Pump Up the Volume. <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> I am shocked that you have not seen the Super Mario Brothers. I know. I know. Wow. It's a blank spot. Very upsetting. Even after all the now. stories, all the urban legends based on it, you've never seen it. You've never given it a curious watch. None. I, I kind of need to, but everybody I've talked to t- describe it as a total and abject train wreck. So that's why I've kind of avoided it. But I, I get three stars to blank else. check, so anything's possible. Anything's possible. Then apparently no, that's it, five it, stars. It legitimately makes blank check look like The Godfather Part 2, if that makes any sense. I just made that up on the spot. But yeah, it, it, <laughs> point being, it's, 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 yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Want to go ahead and take the time to plug your shows as well before we wrap up? Absolutely. We are the podcast that wouldn't die. We discuss guilty pleasures, forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a comedic twist. We're on all your social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram. We also have a YouTube show that you can check it out. It's a simulcast. If you want to listen to us as a podcast, we're on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. Very good. And do check it out. I enjoy listening Please. to the shows every Sunday afternoon. It's a good time. Uh, before we say goodbye, though, I'd like to, I actually want to formally thank you two um, for joining us and, and have, or joining me, rather, and having a fun time revisiting a piece of 90s nostalgia. I mean, even though the film ended up being you know, the problematic kids film that it is just like most of those nineties films from the mouse that the, the, the house that the mouse built. I don't know. It, it was just fun calling it out for what it ended up being and figuring out all the finances that he spent together. It was just a good time all around. So thank you both for doing this. Absolutely. Thank Thanks for having us back. Thank you. Thank you. The pleasure you. was all yours. Can I, yes. <laughs> Can't wait to do it a third time. But uh, anyway, many thanks to you guys and many thanks for you all, the listeners. And until next time, I'm Ed. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Aaron. And this has been an all-new edition of the Film Effect Podcast. Later, toads. Y-L-E. Stop.